0: Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters and Sentry Hardware, your locally owned source for hunting, fishing, and shooting gear in interior Alaska. They sell proven gear that'll tackle whatever Alaskan tasks you need it to, and Frontier always stays current with gear for the season. Whether you're baiting bears in the spring, fishing, camping, or dip netting in the summer, you're looking for game bags and moose camp gear in the fall, uh, if you need to stock up on trapping lures or just get everything you need to go ice fishing, they've got you covered. They always carry a wide variety of Alaskan-proven clothing and boots, camping gear, meat processing supplies, guns, ammo, reloading and shooting supplies, as well as camping gear and backpacking food. Downstairs in Sentry Hardware, you'll find a full hardware store naturally, and uh, you'll also find your snow machine, ATV, and marine accessories down there. They go out of their way to stock plenty, plenty of quality, useful equipment. And whether you're gearing up for a hunting or fishing trip, working on a never-ending home improvement project, or anything in between, it's usually a one-stop shop. Frontier Outfitters is located on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, and they have a second location in North Pole, so make sure you stop in next time you need to gear up. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group realtor Rick Lindsay, a guy that can take care of just about any of your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area. The Hedgecock Group has been in Fairbanks North Pole real estate market since the early 80s and their service is tailored to meet the diverse needs of home buyers in interior Alaska. Now Rick has lived in Fairbanks for a long time and understands a lot of the less obvious ins and outs of buying and selling property around here. You know things like water holding tanks and permafrost and all that jazz. Fairbanks is a really unique place to live and having a realtor that knows what to look for in a quality place can make all the difference. Rick's a Marine Corps veteran and will work hard to get you exactly what you need. And if you're looking to buy or sell real estate in the Fairbanks or North Pole area, reach out to Rick at 907-378-6780 and go check out his Instagram at R-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y 113 at R. Lindsay one thirteen. He's really a passionate outdoorsman. He's just like us. He's one of us. And he loves to share his adventures on there and he's got a pretty a pretty nice cranker of a RAM that I'm jealous of. So go check him out.
1: That's how you do it.
0: All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. After a little long sheep hunting hiatus, I'm Tyler Freel, and uh, sitting down today with got the Dr. Frank Schultz and and uh, as well as the the craftsman behind behind Schultz Custom Plugs. Mr. Hugh, take my money, Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, I'll do that. <laughs> it's good to, good to have you here, Hugh.
2: Oh, well, thanks for um, having me. Uh, this is going to be interesting, I can see.
0: No, it's going to be great. The last time, the, the one time I did met you, meet you is when you guys came over to help us. We were brushing out around the house like mad, thinking the fire that was over on the other side exactly. of the ridge was going to blast through here.
1: Yeah. We just were talking about that last night. I was like, "Oh, wait till you get over to Tyler's and see all the sheep." He's like, oh, "I've already been over there." Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh it took me about 5 minutes to realize like cuz I think I rode with you to the to the dump hauling off all that brush. It took me about 5 minutes to realize where you'd got a bunch of your mannerisms and the way you <laughs> say things.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah, nothing. The best stuff. All the all the good stuff, exactly. Um Yeah. I guess, no, I mean, we got a lot of shit to talk about, but we should start by, you should tell everybody that's listening how you got into hunting and fishing and stuff and where you grew up, what, like some. you know, I mean, something. I don't remember anything until we were in Vermont, because I was only like a year old when we moved to Vermont, but you were hunting before I was born yeah i mean
2: i I've started out i think um with an interest in the outdoors by my mother actually because she was the one that took me fishing when I was like five years old, and we had to walk oh probably two hundred yards or three hundred yards at the most uh from the house down to the um the estuary in the back of uh of Avalon which is a you know, a seven-mile island with Avalon on one end, Stone Harbor on the other end, and there was all backwater and everything. And back in those days, there was a lot of fish in in those uh, in little creeks and things like that. That uh, there was a little bridge right down the, the street from our house, and we would go and fish off. The we'd go to, first. We'd go down to the beach and we'd dig up some surf clams and and uh, and then we take, come home and um, get the fishing rod and go down to the backwater. And The island was only, I'd say, maybe a quarter of a mile wide and seven miles long. And so we'd take the clams and the fishing rod, and we'd go down and um, put a clam on a hook, and a little piece of a clam on a hook, and drop it down next to the bridge pilings. And I caught a uh, sea bass. And of course it was all excited five years old you know you get pretty excited so we had to beat it home right away and you know my mother showed me how to scale it and you know gut it and and threw it in a frying pan and I ate it <laughs> and it was downhill from there I mean it just <laughs> <laughs> and you know it was just a, I was a fish eater and a fish killer and I just I that's all I wanted to do was uh have you know something to do with you know catching fish and 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 my father worked, you know, he was, he worked a lot of hours and stuff, and so, you know, he would come on the, on the, we would go on the weekend, and we would go out, maybe flounder fishing or something, and, um, in the backwaters, and, um, and it was a lot of fun, and he was, he liked flounder fishing, but he was no hunter, I mean, he didn't, he didn't have much to do with hunting, I didn't start really doing much hunting until I was in high school, and, uh, you know, we would go rabbit hunting and pheasant hunting and quail and all that stuff. And um, and it was a lot of fun. I had an old single-shot um, Remington sidecocker that a friend of my father's gave him and said, this is what the you should, your, your son should start hunting with this. And if he gets good with this, he said, then he can move on to, you know, a pump or a semi-automatic or a double or something like that, you know, but the single shot, you, you know, you, your opportunity is there only for a, a second or so, and you get you either you either get good or you don't get anything you know so
1: mm-hmm.
2: so I did that for a while and I didn't really start doing any deer hunting until I was seventeen and I had my driver's license and and I met this old guy he was a, a um, he's a bread man he made deli- he delivered bread house to house and um, his name was uh, Sam Goodman, and and at that point, he, he to me, he was old. Now, I'm old, but,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, he was a youngster, actually, uh, but I thought he was pretty old, and he had an old Model A Ford, and uh, it was a two-door sedan, and I was just, I was beside myself. I wanted to go uh, shoot a deer with my bow and arrow, and and I had had a bow for many years. I had a, a bear, it uh, was a bear cub, I think it was called. Um, and it was just a little recurve bow. I think it was 35 pounds or something. And I remember the first thing I ever shot was a blue jay. And and it was in a tree. It was in a fig tree in our backyard. And, and I and I and I, shot, I don't know how many hours I <laughs> winked out there before I finally got one. But And then I said, oh, now I'm... You know, and then I got practicing and I got better and better. And so by the time I was 16 or 17 and I met this Sam, and Sam said, oh, you want to go deer hunting? I said, oh, boy, I really want to go deer hunting. I think that would be the coolest. He said, well, you need a a little bit bigger bow than that, than what you have. And and so I think it was a, oh, I don't know, a Ben Pearson or something. Mm. Um, Sounds right. Recurve. And it was... And we, we only had um, cedar arrows. There was no such thing as uh, aluminum or, you know, <laughs> graphite or anything like that in those days. It was just, you had a cedar arrow, and the fletching was turkey feathers, and it was pretty pretty um, soft. And and the, the, the broadheads that we used, when you put it on, you, you glued it on, and it had three blades. And then you could take it, and you could... Put it on a stone or on a file or something, and, and flat file it mm-hmm. so that you could sharpen it. And of course, if you shot it into the ground, um, it would need to be sharpened again. But um, and so then you know, he showed me how to build stands and 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 where to go and uh, and what to do as far as as far as going hunting and stuff. And and in in South Jersey, it was uh, it was a lot of swamps and places where there was there you'd go through a lot of swampy areas and then it'd be a high spot and of course that's where the deer would be hanging out and so and he knew how to get in and get out and and we had little packs and in the little pack there were we had some pretty good sized nails, some smaller nails and a hatchet and um what else do we have? Not much. And we'd go into the woods and He'd we, see a cedar tree. We'd say, oh, that's just right. We'll cut that one down. Oh, a small saw, too, a hand saw. And we'd saw down this cedar tree and then cut the branches off and, and cut the side pieces that we were going to use um, to for the platform to be on. And we saved all the rest. And we usually did it. Hopefully it was near where we were going to be hunting in a in a, in a uh, oak stand where it uh, was a lot of white oak and um uh, it, the woods were um, uh, higher and dry from the swamp and stuff. But um, then, but on the edges, it would be a lot of cedar, and that's where we'd get the wood. So we'd go in, saw these pieces, and we cut little blocks of the smaller parts, like two, three inches, and split them in half and then nail them to the tree so that we had steps. And what we would do is we'd look until we'd find two two um, oak trees that were growing up that were maybe foot to two foot in diameter that were growing side by side so that we could put steps on the inside to climb up in the thing and then nail the cross pieces in. And then we took the small pieces of cedar that were, that were left and split them down and made little boards out of them and then nailed them down on top. And these stands were usually about maybe 15, 18 feet off the ground, And you you'd go up and stand in it. It, They were called stands for a reason. (laughs) Because you stood in the thing. You know, there was no seat or anything. You just stand there.
1: And now we've become a fat and lazy Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sitting down in like the most comfortable stands, sleeping. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I my my box house that I that I Oh yeah. yeah. Or a heater. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. eighty degrees in there when it's thirty outside (laughs) or or below zero or something, you know, it's hot. But you just stand there and so the first, the first few days I went, you know, I saw all these deer that would be everywhere. And Sam made me, he, we would practice in his backyard, and he would step off 17 yards or 17 paces, and, and he put sticks in the ground. And he said, you don't shoot unless the deer is inside this stake. And wherever we put a stand up, he put sticks in the ground. Around the stand, so I knew where seventeen yards was. He said, "You do not shoot, no matter how big it is, no matter how excited you are, you do not shoot until it's inside those stakes and I didn't know at the time what he was talking about I do now, but uh, you know it was it was amazing that um you know, I would wait and wait wait and I would shoot, and I'd shoot over him, and I'd shoot under him, I'd shoot in front of him, I shot behind him, I shot everywhere, but except on the deer. I finally shot I shot 11 times before I finally connected and I, I I was practicing i I thought I was pretty good but I'd have one right underneath the stand and invariably right underneath the stand you say well this is this is cake I mean I jump out of the tree and gra- grab the thing you know it's so easy this is easy I don't think I ever shot one right under this tree because I would always shoot over them no matter yeah. what I just shoot over them of course, we didn't have sights or any of that kind of stuff, but, but anyway, I shoot and shoot and shoot. I finally, this I heard these two deer. They were running. They were coming toward me, and the first one came and stopped right in uh, maybe 25, 30 feet from the stand, and I shot and I shot right in front of him, and and so then he ran off. But I I could I could hear they were skippers. They were not big. They were small deer, but. I heard another one coming but this one's running. And he wasn't going to stop. I knew he wasn't. So there was a branch sticking out in front of me, and I said, okay, what I'm going to do is I drew the bow back, and I said, as soon as I see Brown, I'm going to let the arrow go. And I did, and I drilled him right in the back. Of course, anybody who does a lot of hunting or anything knows, if you spine an animal, it doesn't just drop dead instantaneously. So it was making a lot of racket (laughs) so i was pretty excited and i was 17 years old i jumped out of the tree (laughs) you know i threw my bow out and i jumped out of the tree i ran over (laughs) and i grabbed the thing and i flopped it down on the ground and i sat on it and it was kicking and thrashing and screaming and doing all kinds of terrible things and and it was one of those you know uh worst case scenarios but finally i managed to dig out my knife and um, and finish him off but it was only a, a small deer i think dressed out it it only weighed like 76 pounds or something so it was a you know it was a definitely a young deer but it was a deer and i had i had gotten it with my bow and arrow so that was uh that was you know my beginnings of of hunting
0: no oh, man that's something else i uh i was kind of, i was fishing obsessed when i was Little. I mean I kinda yeah. waffled back and forth between fishing and hunting, but I mean I would be out there casting in mud puddles. Oh yeah. When I was real little. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do with myself if I had was walking distance from somewhere to fish. He'd have never got me out of there.
2: Yeah. Well it, what happens is you're you're fishing and you're thinking, <laughs> boy, this weather is perfect. The wind is perfect. I should be up in the woods hunting. Yeah. You know, and then and then you're up in a tree and you're sitting there and, or, or standing there, and and you know, you're waiting for the deer to come and nothing's coming, nothing's coming. You go, damn, I wonder where the fish are, you know, if it's <laughs> that time of the year as the migrations are on and there were blue fish and striped bass and all all kinds of good fishing in the fall. And so I thought, should I be, I should be down on the beach now, casting lures out or, you know, throw some bait out there or something. I, I, I no matter where you were, you were at the wrong place. Yeah. But shit, you, until you I got something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: and now at this point in time, over all these years, I mean, when you go hunt with Jack, you guys are like, got to catch a striped bass, a bluefish, a false albacore, and shoot a deer all in the same day. <laughs> you know, that's like the new level of like, okay, in the morning we're going to catch albies, and then we're going to go, and we're going to try and catch stripers and bluefish, and then we're going to go and sit in the tree stands and try and shoot deer. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, and then after we drag the deer out and bring them back to the house and hang them up, and then we still have a little bit of time. Maybe we should be down on the beach and see if we can cut a striper. Yeah, because it's you know eleven o'clock, ten o'clock at night or something, and that's, yeah. when, that's when the the striper fishing's the best, anyways, at nighttime. And so we'd be feed down, and one, that one that one particular trip that Frank is you know leaning me toward is it was one of those you know like. Um, what do you call those uh, 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 when you get all one of this and one of that and one of the other like things? Like a slam. A slam, right. Yeah. And so we called it a super slam. And the super slam was you had to, you had to catch an albie and a bluefish and a striper and shoot a deer. And so, you know, we, you know, it was one of those pie in the sky kind of things. And so we had gone out in the morning and Jack immediately caught an albie, and i was thrashing the water and i and i was they were splashing after my lure and they weren't biting on it but i i finally got one and got it in and so then you know as it a, you got uh, earlier in the morning or later in the morning uh we had more chance to catch bluefish and so we cut some bluefish and that was pretty good and and then we just you know spent the day kind of putzing around you know doing some fishing and stuff and and so you know we we finally went back to the house and um, said so we put on our hunting stuff and, and we went out to go, to go sit in our stands. And we were only about maybe, I don't know, maybe a quarter of a mile apart. And uh, um, I'm trying to think uh, whether he shot first or what, because by that time we had I don't remember whether we had radios or whether we had um, cell phones, um, um, but we were in uh, in we could communicate with each other, and and so I was in this little little blind that we had set up, and um, and I was, I'm sitting there, and, and pretty soon I. There was we had cut some brush around to clear out an area where the where the deer were to so we have a good shot because where we were hunting it was it was thick and uh, <clears throat> we had piled the brush in this pile and it was probably only about thirty yards from the stand, from this little blind and <clears throat> sitting in the, in the blind and pretty soon I I could hear this deer coming and I looked and the brush pile was jumping up and down like the the pile was moving the the pile of brush was moving and and finally i realized i looked and i could see there was a deer in it and he was right in the middle of it and he was like horning in it and he was like like pushing against the pile of brush and pushing it up in the air and and i said oh boy this is a big buck you know i could tell this is a monster because he's just just thrashing this stuff (laughs) And so I'm sitting and I'm I'm in this blind and I I got the, my bow and I'm, I'm ready and it was a, it was a recurve bow I was using then, no it wasn't either It was a compound bow, and and I said okay, um, as soon as he steps out of there I've got he's dead right so he's got to be can more than twenty yards away perfect, so this deer steps out and I looked I said what the hell happened to the big deer. That um, was in this pile The little pissant deer comes out And he's got horns about maybe two inches long Maybe two inches long But it was like a ten pointer It had all these little bristles and stuff Sticking oh, out all over the deer ever.
1: Yeah, Nothing over two inches But there's literally like Ten, like five or six On each side wow. of like One to two inch points Oh yeah, I got
2: a ten pointer Yeah <laughs> <laughs> And so he stepped out broadside, I let the arrow go, and I said, well, I could see it. It was a perfect, perfect shot. You know, just just you know, heart and lungs right in there. So, of course, it runs off the way they always do. And um, and so I sat there for a while, and, okay, i wait and wait and wait. And, of course, you know, anybody has done any hunting and has shot anything, you know, that five minutes seems like an hour and a half, you know. and Yeah. Um, um, well, I'm sure 45 minutes has gone by, you know. But then you look at your watch or or your phone or something. You look, and you go, what? Only 10 minutes? You know, only five minutes? You know. So I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll go back and find Jack. So I I I uh, got out of the stand, walked out, and walked back down the road to where Jack was. And and he comes out, and he said well, did you see anything? I said, yeah, I, I see something. I said, how about you? You see something? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, I see something. I said, okay, you know, what would you see? He said, oh, I have a skipper. He said, I said, boy, well, did you shoot? He goes, yeah, I shot. I said, did you get him? He goes, oh, yeah, I got him. He said, he's right there. <laughs> and he had drug it out right out to the edge of the road. And and he had shot it right in the, in the throat. Right, it was coming right directly toward him, and he had shot it right in the throat. And the arrow went right through its neck, and then it zippered the whole back of him. the 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 blade of the the broadhead just zipped right along the back of the deer, so that it was this it, you could just peel him off and just start like skinning him right there. It, it was he amazing it through yeah. the throat. Wow!
1: Well, he sent me pictures, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah.
0: It's pretty cool. <coughs> Seems to be something that runs in the family. Yeah, yeah shooting stuck critters in the, in the throat. throat. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So Jack says, "What about you? Just you see anything?" I said, "Yeah," and he and he says, "Well, where is I?" I said, "It's in the woods down there. We have got to go look for it." Oh, he said, "Okay." So we go down and he's telling, "Asked me what I'm shooting." I thought, I said, "I thought I had the monster of monsters in here, you know, just thrashing." We had, we had some. Um. Um. He had seen some, a really nice buck in this one particular area, and I was kind of hoping that that's what I was going to get. But man, you know, when you when you're a meat hunter like I am, I don't I don't care too much whether or not it's a um if it's a hundred pound doe or if it's a two hundred and twenty pound you know eight pointer. It don't make it me when you're eating them.
0: You're you a member know. of the Spoon and Crockpot Club. Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Yeah. So we went in and we we tracked the thing down. It Didn't go. In. It only went probably about thirty or forty yards. But in the thick stuff we were in, you couldn't see t- ten yards. So we followed the blood trail, and there he, there he was laying there. And Jack said, "Oh my God, look what the horns on this thing!" You know. I said, "Yeah, it's a big rack in it." <laughs> but anyway, it was uh, so. It was did you exciting. both
1: get? Did you catch all the fish and shoot the deer that day? This is all on the same day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, so we dragged the deer out, throw in the truck, go back to Jack's house. And he was out on Millbrook at that time. Mm-hmm. And so we hung the, the deer in the tree outside of his house. And I said, hey, listen, we still got time. It was probably about 10 o'clock. I said, we still got time to go do some striper. Yeah, we fishing. got two more hours until it's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I said, let's go see if we can get a, a striper. So we we uh, threw the rods in the truck and um and we beat it down to the beach, and we went we walked down to the beach and we, we, you could drive onto the beach then and we walked down to the, the edge of the water and started casting. Immediately, Jack catches a fish brings it in it's a nice striper i you know at the time was probably i don't know 10 pounds or something i don't remember but it was it was a you know an eater it was one that we could keep and so um so now he's got one i don't have one so i'm casting
1: so he's at that point he's got the albie the bluefish the deer and he got a striper right right on but i haven't (laughs) and i
2: still have a striper and i'm i'm kind of a little bit, I guess you might say, a little bullheaded or something. But I, I said, I'm using these lures that I made myself, and I was just thrashing the water, and I'm pounding. I have to get every, every once in a while, I get a little bite, and I said, oh, 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 you know, and I think I, I was going to hook up, and I didn't. And in the meantime, Jack catches another striper, and so now I'm starting to get, you know what it's like, you know, when everybody <laughs> around you is getting them and you're not. You yeah, know. it's called getting pissed off. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, where's my beer? Mm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I got done. I, I you guess keep I, telling stories. I can, I can bartend. I can have. <laughs> I can help. Yeah, I can. I can. Uh, I can deal with this. So anyway, finally I gave up and I said, "Okay, Jack, Uncle." I took one of the lures that he was using, and uh, I I tied it on my line and I and I uh, I threw it out and I immediately caught a striper. And so, but anyway, I what got, was he
1: using? Uh,
2: he was using those um, storm lures. They were um, oh, the tail.
1: It's got the rubber with the t- big tail. tail. Yeah. 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 Yep. Lead head. Yep. And those he, ones.
0: One time I was crushing pike on the little pike ones of those. Yeah, ice fishing.
1: Yep. Sorry,
0: not to
2: interrupt. No, no, that's it. That was the end of it. We yeah. did it. So you got you it. Know? You both got the slam got the that slam. day. Yeah,
1: that's good shit. And I guess you can add. I mean, that time of year you could probably add Spanish mackerel.
2: That would be pretty. That'd be pretty far fetched. But was but, that but, Spanish but, mackerel but, you know,
1: earlier? A little bit earlier before deer yeah. season starts is when they're typically there. Yeah, a little bit earlier. And I guess sure. Benita's the same, too. They're yeah. a little earlier as yeah. well.
2: But last year, we were catching Benita until. Um, well, it was, it was still. It, was, it must it have was been October, October. Right? Because that's yeah. when you go yeah, down exactly. there to hunt and fish. Right. Huh. Because normally you'd be, if you wanted to catch Benita or, or Spanish mackerel, and sometimes they catch even some small king mackerel, um, um, we would. Uh, typically be 17th of september to the end of september is you know would be really good good fishing right on so but anyway that was that was pretty exciting and i mean that's a once in a lifetime thing for one person but to have the two of us
1: yeah same day
2: do it on the same day. Uh, and a lot ass. of people just say, "Yeah, oh, you're full of shit. You know, you just make this shit up as you go along,
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs> but Fuck you. I don't care. Yeah. Believe me or not. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't give a shit what
2: you believe. Yeah. yeah. So well,
1: now you're here to shoot a moose.
2: Yeah, I'm here to shoot a moose. Yep. Well, I'm here to participate in this... Uh,
1: <laughs> this extravaganza oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, second a, breakfast, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah right. The, all,
2: I, all I hear about is all the food we're gonna be, eating. <laughs> oh, and
1: boy, is it
0: wonderful! Oh, That's, god, yeah, yeah. yeah you want to, you want to eat good in moose camp? You just go to a moose camp for two guys that had just spent,
1: yeah, two weeks,
0: weeks like sheep hunting, sheep hunting, or almost, or actually last year actually running out of food for three days. There was no shortage of food in moose camp.
1: And, the, well, yeah, there was okay. no shortage of food in my backpack for sheep season this year either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. There was no way I was running out of food this year. I was like, no
0: way. And so before you too far, to, you surely did tell him about that pike that, the pike you'd lost one of his lures in. And then I, was it me that caught it? We caught that same oh, pike Oh, I think your
1: dad caught it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe it was you. I don't remember, but, but yeah. Well, I was using one of your lures, a darter, a small... No, it wasn't a darter. It was one of the one-ounce pencil poppers. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. They don't like them for some reason. Like, it seems like it would be a really good pike lure, but it took me a lot of casts. I was determined, though. I was like, I'm catching a fucking pike on this lure. And I cast and cast and cast. And finally, I got one. I get it up to the side of the boat, and I break it off yeah so then i don't remember whether it was you it or was your me dad, or my dad someone but caught. it was like 10 minutes later hey is this your lure you just lost and i was like holy shit look at that thing's got the lure hanging on the side of its mouth oh no kidding. Yeah, and he was fishing i don't know 20 30 yards away something like that oh wow yeah
0: yeah with some some podcasts i was listening to they were like oh how long is it till official like you're talking about pike like seconds Ex- yeah exactly <laughs> and they're ready to eat again after you snap a hook off in their mouth
1: well i caught the one down when we were pike fi- winter pike fishing i was <clears> with nick <throat> and he oh fuck i lost that lure it was my grandfather's lure or whatever it yeah, was yeah. like some like i've caught so many fish on this lure and i was fishing not downstream i was fishing upstream of him and he's pissed and he's like five bucks if anybody gives me my lure back five minutes later bam bam i pulled it up and i was like what's all this extra line and shit and i was like oh look at that there's nick's lure i was like five bucks give me my money he's like fuck you i held the fish up he's like holy shit look at that there's my lure yeah i think they're just like they don't give a shit they will just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat Pike. Oh yeah, yeah. When well, you talk about some of the fish that you see hanging out of their mouths, right? They eat so much they can't even get it in them all the way. What they're yeah. eating,
0: but they're they're weird sometimes. Like some some lures that you would think would be incredible for them. Yeah, when you know in one particular spot, and that's really the only spot that it seems like they were that was the case but we would always the best fishing lure of any of them we'd like experimented was like the three dollar walmart silver spoon
1: oh yeah for sure
0: <laughs> you know when yeah. fishing alongside like croc you know have we have one person fishing with that crocodile you know, silver crocodile yeah. like daredevil the because dare dare the, they
1: make the knock off the fred meyer yeah, daredevil yeah, yeah. as well and yeah um yep good good shit um, but fishing's
0: for when you don't have hunting to do.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> but it, it, well, that's what I was going to say was I used that lure just because I wanted to, you know, I was like I know it'll work, it's just that they don't they they seem to like spoons pike do. Um where we're fishing for them anyway. And I mean, I've gone as far as your lures are floaters or some of them like slowly sink or whatever, but you're not fishing on the bottom with the lures you make. I took one of your darters, a one ounce. Is it a one ounce, the smaller darter? It's bigger. It's the, more...
2: No, the little one, the baby darter is
1: one ounce. One ounce. So I took that thing when I was working down at the lodge, and I, I put it on, like I set it up to for, on a halibut rod, yeah. but I put weights in front of it. So it would float when it was down there, but there was a weight in front of it. Mm-hmm. And I sent that thing down like 60 feet or whatever on the bottom, and I caught a halibut. Oh, that's using cool. one of his topwater lures off the bottom.
0: That's cool. Yeah. yeah,
1: but it took a bunch of weight to get the thing to go down yeah, and yeah. you know fish properly. And I spent an afternoon trying to figure that out as well. It's like we're catching these things on hunks of lead with like no tail on them, nothing. Like, yeah, they're gonna grab something if it's down there. I just got to figure out how to rig it up so that it yeah. doesn't. The problem I was having was, I put the weight on and the thing would float. And the hooks would get hooked on the on the, line. On the leader above yeah. because the lure floated. And then I'd be like, what the fuck? It feels weird. And I'd pull it up and everything would be all tangled up. So I just took all the hooks off and I put one single hook on the tail. And I was like, it might get hooked, but it's going to be a lot harder yeah, for it yeah. to get hooked on the line. Because it had, I think it had a single tail hook in the rear and it had a lower middle treble hook. hook and the it. treble hook was continually, you know, hooked on the on the leader. So... Yeah, I just took I unscrewed because their screw eyes was what puts the, puts the hook in. So I just unscrewed it, and took it off, and yeah. sent it back down. That worked.
0: No, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. And well, this year, like my dad's always got a thing for just outlandish lures.
1: Oh, he know, said like he his, brought some awesome ones this yeah, year, and he, he was bragging to me when we it's were. It's that company the that four makes e-
0: those like the mini burbot lures. I can't remember what the savage. I think is that what? And they're is? super realistic looking rubber. Yeah. But he had brought this eel, this like neon. And, you know, I'm fishing with spoons and he's just like slamming she the first trip when just me and him went He said the she fish He's just just slamming she fish with that thing. I'm like, what the hell? You know, so I dig in my box and I had uh I had tried to make some like some some dime store lake trout jigs just with like rockfish jigs from Sentry. Yep. And and jigtails and stuff, but I had like I had You know, one of those with like the, I don't know if it's the one ounce, like not super heavy, but heavy heavy enough enough to sink. Yeah. Um, Jig heads and like a, it's like a glow in the dark Mr. Twister tail basically. Yeah. And start slamming sheafish on that. Like, so something about those, those freshwater eels that are in there.
1: Right. They like, they're digging on that. Yeah, Huh. But. Yeah. Sluggos, those things. I seen Jack catching lake trout. One of our trips, he came up here like a hot pink 6 inch is that what they're called sluggos or yes. like the they, yeah, that's they're like got the creases in the tail so the tail looks like it swim, swims
2: uh, not so much they have like they have uh, grooves in the side of it so that it Yeah, it, it exa- that's it. exactly what he was using. And, and it's it's very specific as to how you put the hook in it when you to make it swim right? It. Yeah. Yeah. and that was one of those things that was uh, one of the best kept secrets of the 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 bass fishing tournament crew that go, you know goes around all these different tournaments and stuff and i knew a guy that was um, used to do that he you know he 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 would go to all these tournaments and everything and he was the one that told me about these sluggos and this is long before they people even started using them in salt water or anywhere for that matter and and he was doing real well in this tournament circuit with these sluggos. And he, he he gave me a couple of them. He said, don't you dare tell anybody about this. And don't you dare tell anybody that I gave them to you. This is back in the, uh, in the early 80s, you know. And so uh, I said, oh, well, I'm not on a circuit. I'm not going to tell anybody. And we didn't have any largemouth bass around where we lived in Vermont. So um, it was it was pretty cool, though. It, it, if you didn't rig it right, it wouldn't work and it wouldn't catch anything. But if you got it rigged right, and you you know were fishing where there was largemouth bass or even smallies, uh, the smallies will eat them too. And you can you can you can use it with a little bit of weight, or you can just use them mostly. When I used them, um, they didn't no weight, and you, they were like a surface thing, and they would kind of wiggle around like a like an eel would or something. and But boy, oh boy, it would drive fish crazy. They would really, really bite on it really, really well. And so then guys started using them in salt water, and the next thing you know, oh boy.
1: Yeah, these things work good.
2: Everybody and their brother was, you know, bailing out
1: on... Well, it seems like everything eventually gets blown out of the water. I mean, we fish for how long were those mole crabs? Oh, yeah. And nobody knew a goddamn thing about them. Or maybe they did, but nobody said anything. And when I was just back in Vermont this summer, I picked up one of your magazines and was like, holy shit, like a 10-page article. Like, everything about using these fucking crabs to catch striped bass in the Mm. heat of the summer when nobody's catching anything, just catching them every fucking five minutes, catching another fish. But one thing that I noticed in there was... They still don't rig the same way that we do. Well, exactly. Because those you throw the things out. I mean, I guess you can say the shit now because, I mean, there's articles and magazines that everybody and their brother is knows about using these things, but they're everywhere in the sand. So where you're fishing, you don't have to, like, carry bait with you or anything like that. You just, like, wiggle your feet around until you feel them under the sand in your feet. And every time you need another one, you just reach down and dig around by your feet and grab another one mm. and hook it on. But the deal was they dig in the sand. So everybody's hooking them on and throwing them out. Well, you throw the thing out there and the fucking crab digs under and the fish will swim by one right after another. Yeah. So he came up with a long shanked hook and you hook one on right side up and the other one on upside down. So they're like back to back. So the bottom one will dig, but the other one, no matter what, one of the two of them. If the top one digs in, the other one's upside down, can't dig in. and It's sitting on the bottom,
2: wiggling you know, his feet, wiggling yeah, around,
1: it. and the other way, vice versa. The other one does the same thing. So you're constantly in have, the action. You're yeah. in the action exactly. It's not just the they'll sink just that you're up off fishing and those grab them off the bottom. Yeah,
2: and and stripers actually will scoop up sand and everything, into, huh? Because they'll, you know, one of their one of their uh, basic foods that they eat are crabs if, whatever kind of crab it is it, you know even little lady crabs and sand crabs and these we call them sand fleas and some people call them mole, mole crabs, crabs and everybody yeah. called them something different but
1: um they're cool yeah. looking they look like a yeah. little huh. fucking like a little how big
2: yeah oh the biggest ones are maybe but they're an inch and a quarter inch and a half. tiny I mean.
1: some of them like that big but you mm. want one that's like that big to be yeah. too like that big to be fishing with yeah
2: and it helps to cast too. Mm-hmm. You don't want to use a lot of weight because when the, when the fish picks it up, you want to let them have it for a little bit. So we used a, a an egg sinker, and we ran the fishing line through the egg sinker to a, a swivel, and then a, a short leader, not a very long leader. You don't need a very long leader. Uh, maybe a foot, foot and a half, or something. And then we didn't use a real big hook either. Um, you, you know, everybody, you know.
1: Oh, we were motherfuckers about it too, because there'd be like fifty people fishing, nobody catching anything, and we're just like two or three of us standing there, fish after fish, and then everyone starts just lingering closer. Oh, they start to creep at you, and then you got to be like looking around as you're like digging around. You find your (laughs) crab, you're like look and make sure nobody's looking, and you reach down and you get one, you put it on your hook, and you try to. You don't want nobody to see what you're doing or how you're doing it, you know.
2: Especially when they're not catching anything. Yeah. uh,
1: that would be too nice to be like, oh, here everybody, here's you know, this is how you do <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> okay, but, well this is
2: a, this is a hunting show. Let me th- let, th- tell me about your 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 sheep hunt this year. This is must have been pretty uh, frustrating, <laughs> to say the frustrating, least. Frustrating. Oh
1: yeah, you're looking at one another hard, now going, disappointing. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> it, um, it was fine. It was a lot yeah. better than the year before. I mean, yeah. we got to hunt this year. And we weren't sitting in a fucking tent. Most of the time. A A day and a half of an eight day hunt that turned into an 11 day fucking sit in the tent and have shitty weather. And not have food. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, we had like probably some of the best weather since the first year that I ever went sheep hunting. Yeah, really.
0: I mean, we put in 14 days, we put the rain gear on for about an hour and a half. Yeah. Is all we had. And we yeah. lost maybe half, a, about half a day where it was pissing and snowing. and
1: Yeah, in the morning. In and the morning. we still made it, like, six miles that afternoon through yeah. a couple valleys and, like, got to where we wanted to, where originally our plan was to get that day anyway. So yeah. we realistically, we didn't lose shit for, time. like, as far as distance covered and everything. Yeah. So we,
0: obviously, we're, let me back up. The spring- after draws were announced, oh, when yeah. I said, "Oh, you peasants," where yeah. perhaps I, I where spoke, you pe- perhaps pe- <laughs> I spoke too soon. I don't know where all you peasants <laughs> are hunting, but
1: I'll be hunting Mount Harper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, perhaps I spoke a little too soon. Well, yeah, but um, anyway, you know, it's just the way it was. The way if you were up here, you understand this. The the summer was smoky as shit. You know had big plans to go scout all this and figure out where all the rams we were after and there was one particular big ram that yep. that had been seen in there after the season last year.
1: It would have been way better if that sheep had just been seen, but the seer got pictures. So we're both just drooling yeah. over a fucking cranker ram daily from you know, February like, to- Yeah, February until Couple weeks ago.
0: Oh, is he gonna make it through the year? Are we gonna find him? And Yeah. You know, had big plans to try to get it, you know get in there during the summer and like I mean, not just like, oh, if if this works, we had I had like several
1: contingencies. I managed to to get get in in there. Frank did go fly it. I went and flew it in the middle of July, I guess it was. And but of course, uh, we can go, but it's not going to be ideal. And I was like, right, well, you know, it doesn't matter. I just want to, you know, really get a look at the country. Of course, I wanted to see sheep, yeah. but I did get a look at the country, but it was blowing around Harper where we were looking and around like the whole area. It was blowing hard when we got there. And in a cub, you get thrown around, and it's hard enough to see sheep out of a plane from the, you know, when I'm not in a plane, you know, some of these pilots around here are incredible. They can pick them out from thousands of feet away and be like, there's sheep. That's a sheep. That's a ram, you know, but I don't do it enough. So it's hard enough for me to pick them out on top of it blowing 25 to 30 miles an hour. And we're trying to fly around in the mountains seeing sheep and we didn't see any sheep. What I did see was there's water everywhere. I was like, all the way up to like almost 6000 feet there's water almost in every saddle everywhere and i was like well at least there's water everywhere and that's a huge i mean that's a, a
0: huge deal for
1: yeah sheep hunting
0: for sheep hunting you know like the spot we hunted last year we had to just collect rainwater basically instead of climbing 1500 feet down or descending 1500 feet to get water and,
1: pack and it then back packing up, it back and, up again yeah so I did get to look at the country and kind of see-ish where where we were going to be hunting. And everybody that I talked to and all the information that I read, which the information is not much on that area. Mm-mm. But everybody that I talked to that either knew somebody that had been in there or someone that had been in there said, you want to hunt around Harper? That's where all the sheep are. That's where the rams are. That's where everything everything happens, is right around Harper. Um, so that was what our focus was. I mean, it's a small area, but it's a small area on a map. And then you get there, and it's fucking huge. You know, like, there's this canyon and country. this canyon yeah.
0: and this canyon. A lot of, like, really sheepy-looking country.
1: Yeah. So... When oh. we went and got dropped off, there was three different strips that were found that we could possibly get dropped off on. And, of course, it was fucking really windy yeah. when we went to go in there. Well, and we got off. delayed.
0: We got del- well, I, the, yeah, co- exactly. the coronavirus kid over here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was... We were supposed to go on the 7th or the 8th. Yeah. And I don't... It was the first or the second or yeah. something like Cause that. Because
0: I took I took Frank and Carrie up to the
1: cabin. Yeah, and, and we then, got up there to the cabin, and Carrie was like, oh, "I don't, I really don't feel very good." We were going up there to like cut wood, stack firewood, clear brush, do all sort of shit, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't feel very good." I was like, "Ah, oh, whatever, you know, you're, you'll be all right." And we get out there and. She's like, no, I really don't feel very good. And then I wake up the next morning, and I'm like, what the fuck? I don't feel very good. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, exhausted feeling. So that led to, we worked. The first couple of days, we both had COVID. We didn't know it. And we were just like, whatever, we're just wimps. And we were like, cutting trees down, and fucking yeah. <laughs> doing firewood, and like, busting our asses. And I was just like, I can't even like, I don't even know. I can do anything, and I'm just, like, soaked in sweat, and, like, instantly, I feel like I'd worked for five days and five minutes of, like, picking pieces of wood up and shit. So, we didn't get near as much done. We come home. We both, you know, she's got to take tests because she's a teacher. And I went and pick picked, you know, pick them up again, several Tyler, hours. Tyler, yeah, picked us up, brought us back, <laughs> and then... <laughs> We get home, and I'm like... Did you have your AzVath suit on? Or? <laughs> no, I was like...
0: Yeah. As far as I knew, you know, it seemed, we like, didn't know, they, they yeah. seemed like they were feeling better when I went to pick them up.
1: But. Yeah. Um, but then it just got worse. It was downhill. We got back, and then we both tested positive. And then it was just like... I was like, holy shit, I'm couch-bound. Fucked. Totally destroyed. Um, I, felt I weird. tried to. I tried to... It's this bad. Is I tried to snow seal my boots to go sheep hunting and it took me two days it took me one day to do one boot and the next day to do the other boot and i was fucking exhausted from like putting snow seal on one of my boots taking the laces out and snow sealing a boot so we were 10 days late on going sheep hunting yeah which didn't matter because the beginning of the season sucked it was shitty shitty weather. weather
0: yeah I, uh, well, and I was, I don't know, I felt weird for, I thought I felt weird for a couple days kind of after that. I don't know if it was just psychosomatic or what. Yeah, right. Like, but oh, I God. never, I never got, I, te- I, we had a couple of them stupid tests. I, I took a couple of them and Yeah, was fine, but we had it back earlier this year. Yeah. something with these cords.
1: I just kind of, the way I've been looking at it is. Tincture of time. It seems like if you're not going to lock yourself in a fucking bubble. Oh, yeah. You're going to get it. Eventually, you know? So. Anyway. But we asked. We were a little late, but. So we couldn't. So I went on a. 10 days on the couch <laughs> to getting landed on an airstrip and walking 70 fucking miles with a 60-pound pack <laughs> from after laying on a couch for 10 straight days. Yeah. Fucking total destruction. The first yeah. couple days were horrible. Yeah, <laughs> he went
0: in, and then uh, um, our pilot came and picked me up and was like, "Oh, let's swing back through here and see if the winds calmed down. And we were like... You know, like throttle down on approach. And it's like, see, it's like airspeed's 50 miles an hour, ground speed's like 75. It's like not, ha- you know, very, not small happening strips. on these, these just ridge tops, basically. Yeah. So we got landed on a pretty big, like, low, safe strip. Um,
1: and that unfortunately was 25 miles away from
2: where you wanted to start hunting. Walking
0: yeah. miles, yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, so we yeah, got in and just decided to wait the next morning and yeah, it was only like the first couple days, the first hour of walking it's
1: <laughs> Yeah, I was hacking all sort of shit like Yeah, you kept stopping, you're like, Jesus man, are you alright? I was like, I just gotta get this shit out of me. Walking will do it. Let's keep going. What you getting the first day was like, shit, how much elevation did we gain? A lot. Yeah. I mean we were down, We almost. were
0: down in the spruce. Yeah, it was uphill yeah. all day. All day long. We uh at one point we <laughs> we were I knew we were a long ways away from Mount Harper when we come across oh, a guy f- coming fucking. the other way here, a four wheeler coming back and was like, What the you know, so we talked to this guy and yeah, super cool dude, he uh he's like, Where are you guys going? It's like, Oh, we're sheep hunting and Going cheap on over Mount Harper And he's like where's that Yeah <laughs> It's like holy <laughs> shit <laughs> Grew up in this country Like on there
1: since he was a little kid And he didn't even fucking know where Mount Harper was Oh my god He was like we where are you w-? going Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. oh are Yeah you, it's like 25 miles Are you gonna miles. get there <laughs> Yeah
0: Yeah so we Yeah climbed and climbed and climbed It was like middle of the afternoon Before we made it Up, up to the Up to, to the, the top It could kind of You pop over the top and
1: and you're fucking, it's like somebody hits you in the mouth with a baseball bat, because then you can see Mount Harper and how far, visually how far away it is. And it's like, whoa. Was this in or? Uh, It was all in, this, yeah, in the all area in the of, of the, the tag, area, yeah. yeah, but it's like so much of it is Not just, suitable sheep country. Yeah, like maybe in the winter or something when some of these ridges blow off, they have reason to go that far away from sheep country, but there's no escapement for them in this area. Once we were up out of tree line and in that, in it it's just area. like, you
0: see that little mountain way off in the distance. Like that's where we're going. Yeah. And so, yeah, that one, that afternoon, it, it got a little rainy. That's the one time we put on the rain gear and put the little tarp up and
1: yeah. And we sat under the tarp and we we're like, this is fucked up. This is a long ways away. And that was, like, the only time in the whole trip that there was, like, (laughs) doubt of any kind where we were like, 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 should we maybe, like, think about just going back to the strip and waiting until we can get landed somewhere else? Yeah. Like, closer. But, ironically, the closest place to get landed is seven miles away from where we wanted to sheep hunt. I mean, seven seven is a lot better than 25, but...
0: And we were like, well, we got... We got 14 days still, you know we were initially if we'd got if we had good weather and whatever got in on the opener, we would have had 14 days plus maybe an additional yeah. week. So it was like, all right, we got 14 days. It's like it's gonna take us,
1: yeah, so we some each days brought to get over there. 14 days food travel on us, and then we each brought another week of food that if we had to call the plane and be like, go here, get our food. We left it where we got landed on that strip and we could have called him and been like go in get this food and then fly over us and throw it out we both set up bags that he could just throw out of the airplane to us oh, with extra food a, that's a good idea yeah so it was doable and he was willing to do that but
0: yeah anyway we ultimately were just like or you're like he's like there's no quitting <laughs> we're going
1: yeah. yeah so i said i was just like whatever man i'm not going back this, this, yeah, I was like, I don't want to fucking be that dude. It's like, come get me. I'm a fucking baby. <laughs> 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 well, this, and the, the only, yeah,
0: and, and it's, if you've never done it before, it's kind of, it's fucking scary. you're like, all right, I'm walking away from this spot, hoping that I can get picked up somewhere else. Cause it's going to be days of walking to get back, to get back. Yeah. Not like a couple days, like four.
1: Hmm.
0: Um. But now we kept kept going on. But the second morning, it was the second morning we saw we camped on. Found a, and that's another good thing about the silver lining of this trip is we had some pretty primo camping spots primo. compared to where we have had to put tents up in the past. Like yeah, the first Each night time was, we
1: found nice flat spots.
0: Hmm. And uh. What second morning it rain? We had some lightning and stuff that first night. Yeah, second morning that huge bull moose. Yeah, you seen that was pretty probably cool. The
1: biggest bull moose I've ever seen. Massive, <coughs> still full velvet, just beautiful moose. Beautiful bull.
0: And kept walking. Had to kind of skirt, run ridge for a while, and then drop down through some low country up to another ridge system.
1: We were going to just run like side hill around and we both decided that next morning we get up we were just like embrace the suck you look down and you're just like it looks like golf course yeah. but it's just like we're gonna go down through that valley it's gonna be six foot over our head alder just plowing through bullshit and we were just like we can cut off like an entire day of walking by just going down through this valley and straight across and over to this other ridge and I mean, we did. We made it. We got over all the way through that valley that day, and we got up high again and down that ridge a long yeah. ways that day because um, we were trying to find a place that had water close by and a good spot to set up the tent. Yep.
0: Yeah. And we did because it was that – yeah, I don't know if it was that night. One of them nights it was supposed to be wicked windy. Yeah. It might have been that night. Yeah. And I'm a little paranoid about –
1: Super windy. Bullshit. After you have
0: tents blow up on you, you get a little, like, more careful about where you set your tent. But, no, great. I mean, we had great camping spots. Um, it, and was it was that
1: the, it, day. It was that night we got there. We started being like, okay, well, there's some, like, there's some sheep shit. It's old. old yeah, that but third, there, the third day. Yeah. It was like, okay, there's actually, like, we're getting to where, like, the edge of their range and... I think it's the edge of their winter range, personally, because, the you know, there was nothing fresh that we saw. There was, like, like there was one like set cheap of tracks yeah.
0: that looked like ram tracks, you know, Yeah. But can't eat tracks, as grandpa would used to say. Yeah. But, uh. yeah, a lot of walking, walking, So walking, you're walking. into this
2: for a couple of three days or so now, and you haven't seen one white oh. thing it oh, was seven, seven days seven before, days we, before we even saw a sheep. Oh, oh, oh man. Yeah. You guys, you guys are got to be right, you know. Uh,
0: well, and it was that third day we're walking up that ridgeline. It was kind of cool. Look up and, you know, you just catch shit movement out of the corner of your, your eye. I didn't know Fox with that Wolverine. Yeah. Was running back down the ridgeline. And he kind of circled us at like 30, 40 yards and... He kept
1: coming. He'd stop, stand up, and look at us and run a little bit. Stop, stand up, and look at us. And he just kept doing it. And you could see him, like, running his nose real sh- good. To and get he to just, learn. like, kept going around. And as soon as he got to where the, the wind line was, fucking gone, bolting straight away from us. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. D- he didn't like that smell.
0: No, no but uh, yeah, after three days, then we stayed camped in the same spot for two nights because we... We're kind of right on the edge of some good some good, good sheep-looking country, and and we spent the next day running (coughs) ridges like with light light gear, just day gear, running ridges out and looking over. I mean, there was so yeah, a lot of country we looked at, a lot, not uh, a
1: damn sheep anywhere. (laughs) No, and it's a lot of the ridge lines in there. They go for a little ways, and then they drop all the way down into trees, into a valley with a river or creek, and back up the other side. So you, are like, lose 1,500 to 2,000 feet, and then immediately just walk across, like, a half a mile across the bottom of a valley and straight back up again, gain another 2,000 feet. And it's not like gain 2,000 feet. It's like fucking climbing up the side of a mountain, steep, steep, where you can almost reach out and, like, Put your hands on the ground in front of you. Is it that loose stuff? Some of it, but not Mostly all. It wasn't, wasn't so. Bad. It wasn't so steep. There was still like vegetation on a lot of it growing on it. I mean, some of the places were rocky. You find like but, little ribbons of of yeah.
0: dirt, you know, to, to
1: yeah to you go could, up. You could walk. Oh up. yeah, y- yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yes,
0: yeah, so it was day yeah day four. Was checking out these different. Mm -hmm. valleys and drainages and just sitting and glassing and i mean we're glassing like with the spot and scope like these distant mountains you could see and like a big thing of you know finding sheep is just sitting there and watching through feeding cycles and because sometimes a group of sheep will pop out for a few minutes you know and then they'll be gone you know they'll go around the corner and be gone again but um yeah yeah, look at
1: areas and you're looking and looking and looking and all of When you
0: but we're seeing caribou too, so it's not yeah. like it's you know in even on some of these distant mountains. So yeah. A one challenging thing is like getting your size right, like the size of the things you're looking for. You know, cuz you may be looking, oh that rock looks like a sheep, but it's the size of a
1: house. It's really nice um, to go into a sheep hunt know. and see a group of ewes and lambs like immediately on the first day. And especially if they're a long ways away, cuz then you're like, okay, now I got references to like even though I've seen thousands of sheep every year, it's like a revamp where I'm like... Like a
0: calibration. Yeah,
1: you got to like calibrate yourself and be like, okay, that's this is what I'm looking for now, you know? Because even at 400 yards, you're like, wow, they look small, you <laughs> know? Or if yeah. you're
0: looking down on them as opposed to looking slightly across up or, up or at across. Them.
1: Yeah, changes you know the- it big
0: time. Yeah, so...
2: Well, when we got when well, we went up on the Hall Road up there, and, mm-hmm. and we camped, and we set up the the spotting scope, and I I I know personally, I looked for an hour, and I didn't see shit. He walks over, looks at there, oh, there's a sheep right there. God damn it. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, Frank? Where? So Look through the scope, he said, I got it right on the things, you know, and I looked. Holy shit! I said, I looked over that spot. 20 times right you're like the fucking white see, in any- black rocks <laughs> right. anybody can find them <laughs> right exactly this yeah. is so simple and an idiot could do this you know wrong that yeah. is so wrong i looked like i said for an hour and he looked for two minutes and said oh there's a sheep right there jesus yeah yeah and uh you got to know what to look for there's no doubt about that yeah it's yeah. uh and where to
1: look well the thing is too is you're looking and looking and looking and looking and then you're like okay well we we're gonna walk over there and you get over to where you were looking from two miles away, and you're like, holy fuck, no wonder you can't see anything. Mountains are not flat by any means on any side anywhere, and it's like a lot of these little cuts and shit are 20, 30, 60 feet deep, and all it takes is four feet divot in the ground and a sheep to be standing in that, and you don't see them. Right. And I could see these
2: trails, too. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Al's been walking for... For hundreds of years you know so the, those trails were on i kept you know following those along and where they would lead to and i looked and looked and looked and i said yeah uh, he's nuts he's, he's full of <laughs> shit you know there's no sheep over there he said i always see him over there you keep looking you'll see him yeah right well yeah. he puts the spotting scope on it right where i was looking damn there is something there it yeah. is a sheep because it was snow too and, yep. and there was patchy snow that's in the the, that's it, some of the toughest oh, to spot boy, that, them
0: in is patchy snow
2: yeah yeah so i'm you know a small patch or the large patch or is that a sheep is this a sheep you know and i would kept looking and waiting for movement of course if they're laying down there i gotta be moving
1: anyway so yeah. but i mean when it comes to snow they gotta leave one they gotta leave tracks Oh, yeah. to get to wherever you're going to finally see them. So looking for tracks is almost better than looking for sheep. And two, you're not going to be looking for sheep in the middle of a blizzard. It's typically after it snowed that you're looking for them. Mm-hmm. The sun's out, and they all cast shadow. And a black shadow from some, an animal, not just sheep, on the snow, you know, any white animal, is easier to see than the actual animal a lot of times.
2: Oh, Yeah. <clears throat> It's just like when you're bone fishing, or you're fishing on flats or something. Right, you, they look you can't, just like you the can, bottom, sandy you, bottom. You'd never see the, the the fish, but you can see the shadow of the fish you yep. know, swimming along, you know, and mm-hmm. because it's so dark and it. Yep, and it's just like anything. You know, you get used to looking for for fish on flats and stuff like that. You know, you say, "Oh my God!" You know, there there's nothing out there. It's just a barren sea. There's nothing there. And you you sit still and you look and you watch and pretty soon you see some movement and you know, yeah. that's helpful too if you are yeah. moving you yeah. know
0: so yeah but uh
2: so there we were
0: yeah so day 10, four 000. is when we were like all right we gotta it, decided we needed to drop
1: yeah that was drop through those both valleys
0: because you could in theory continue running the ridge line up but it just got it got to where it's the big.
1: It was all rocks, all and rocks, like and just real, real shit. slow,
0: like super, super slow
1: going. Yeah. Um, so we got off that ridge line, drop fifteen hundred feet, climb fifteen hundred feet, and then we went down and we stayed down, down, yep. down that night. We stayed in the yep. in that valley, yeah, because it was all day to go down, back up, and then back down again.
0: Mm-hmm. Well. It was actually because that was the half, the morning we lost. We didn't get started till like 3. There you go. It exactly. was just socked in. You couldn't see yeah. anything.
1: Um, but we didn't go. We didn't go up. We stayed down Yeah, we went down night. across because into we the knew. next we valley. Were like, well, then, we'll yeah. go up to where that snow is, and we'll definitely have water. And then we got like, <coughs> sky's the limit with like days of mm. area to look over. Yeah. Without hauling all of our food tent gear everything mm-hmm. just like day 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 hunting
0: yep and then we we saw that great big bull caribou mm-hmm. down in the bottom there yeah which it's like oh yeah i got a caribou tag we're fucking miles from anywhere yeah. that we would ever want to shoot a caribou yeah
1: what was wild is down in that valley just down below where we were, fucking beaver lodges, beaver dams and Huge shit. Huge beaver like, lodges. Way up like 4,000, over 4,000 feet of elevation. There's fucking beavers really? damming up these rivers. Creeks, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're like the head of...
0: Just barely into the edge of like the little spruce trees.
1: Yeah. Was it like alders or alders, something? Alders, yeah. I mean, yeah. little willow, alders. Had to be something Small spruce. You know, yep. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because they're not living on eating spruce. I mean, they can use it to dam up shit, but... Yeah. Yeah, there multiple so, beaver dams, yep. and it's cool shit. I've never seen beavers up that high in elevation before Yeah, anywhere. no, It's weird. Yeah.
0: But uh saw some cool, like one of those, I can't remember, was it coming up out of that one creek where it was super steep where we saw that bush that, we, oh, yeah. that I looked up? Yeah. It's like, man, that looks like an odd bush you know looked like kind of like maple looking leaves i got an app on my phone that you can take a picture of what it's not always 100 percent accurate but you can like it'll tell the difference between black spruce and white spruce needles
1: no oh, sure. and, uh, yeah. yeah yeah and, and that, it
0: is that said it was skunk currants, like oh, a really? current bushes which you know you you were thinking it was like high bush cranberries initially uh, fr- but yeah. the leaves are a little bit different than highbush cranberry in it right you know so i yeah. think i got a couple different current results on
1: my right on yeah and technology, has
2: that. <laughs> my <laughs> wife has that frank's mother has that uh, on her phone and she she'll just go out in the yard and, and you know some weed comes up and she'll hold her phone down and click yeah, on it it's something and else takes a picture and yeah tell you exactly what it is what the range is where it would be found or not found and pretty cool
0: and holy shit for the first while like the first few days it was like death valley monkshood everywhere
1: <laughs> yeah no shit huh you yeah know, that's, a lot of monkshood for sure
0: which if you're not familiar with that like can be like super deadly yeah even ha- on even like touching person. it yeah yeah but uh yeah if you're getting the drift like this is what the shit we have to
1: talk about. So. Yeah, we're not talking about fucking slaying sheep.
2: <laughs> Nothing about yardage and caliber and rifles. Or... We we're, bro- talking. We, Freaking, we're talking. We did break
1: free. We both brought rifles this year, Yeah, which we normally just bring one rifle. We each brought a rifle this year, which we should have. Neither of us brought rifles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I fucking didn't need them. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: But uh, yeah, well, the second day we went, we decided to go up this creek to get up on top of a big plateau type ridge. But I mean, it was another t- two thousand feet up, and that we would go through like Whistlepig Valley there. Yeah, and there's another another Wolverine, Wolverine
1: up there, and then there's fucking the whole time, like all night, all day, every day, pikas everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're like this big. They got ears. Their head is probably like that big and they got fucking ears. They're like, like a great big, big mouse with big old ears. But then no tail. Oh really. I think they're related Didn't you say to the rabbits. rabbits? Yeah. yeah. But they're like that big. And they're in the rocks and they're up high. They're cool little critters quick like quick running through the rocks and shit. But they make a unique noise and you're just like all day walking every day, it's all you hear. But then you come into certain valleys and there's the marmots. Are in there, which we call them whistle pigs, and there's like, and when, when there's a wolverine around, <laughs> boy, every single one in the entire valley is up there howling away on sitting up on top of a rock, concerned for their life. Yep.
2: Well, doesn't doesn't that alert the sheep when there's sheep around? I mean, if I you're mean, walking well, around, there weren't alert...
0: sheep anywhere around here. Yeah, I mean,
2: no. but, but in other hunts that you've been in, yeah. there's been these things. I know? don't
0: think so. I don't think they pay that much attention to them.
2: Probably. I just think
1: that. They, the, sure, they're sending out their warning to each other saying, holy shit, there's a wolverine. But a wolverine's not, I mean, technically could kill a sheep, I'm assuming, but probably not their greatest concern. So I don't think that it's a, you know, it's something that they're.
2: Well, I know it's going to
1: spook the sheep.
2: If you're walking in the woods and you're whitetail hunting, you know, and the, and you get a red squirrel and he starts yeah. screaming at you. Yeah. You know, and blue jays and they're hollering at you, you know, and I've well, watched sitting in stands when I've seen people walking and stuff and these guys start carrying on and boy the deer are alert to that. They yeah. watch, they look, they say, oh, "Oh, what are these guys looking
1: at?" And I always they know, think when we're bear hunting, I'm always like I hear squirrels, yeah. start, and I'm like, oh, fuck a bear coming. Get, start yep. looking around. There's a bear coming.
0: Yeah, it's it's the squirrels are they get so freaking ratchety about so much stuff that it's not like you can definitely say, but a lot of times is after you hear like squirrel just going nuts back where there where the bears come from. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Then it's not a surprise when a bear shows up. Because they'll do the same thing to them. Oh, yeah. so,
2: yeah. so But deer are not, you know, it's not it's not a bear, you mm-hmm. know, for sure. So when they start. But shit, squ- you know. And
1: carrying on. I still, I know I've said this on here before, but I still to this day, I've hunted a lot of shit. And white-tailed deer are the most spooky fucking animal that I've ever, like, they're more spooky than anything else I've ever hunted. Hmm. I mean they scare each other oh, when yeah. they know that they're there, they fucking spook each other, and they all everything runs off and shit, you know they're like that leery of everything yeah. all the time, so I don't know yeah i I just think that whitetails just they're just such a spooky, spooky animal,
0: yeah, of course, my whitetail hunting experience is very limited well I mean, but grizzly grizzly bears is like grizzly bears on bait. Our spooky. Our is well. what I this brought the spookiest yeah. animal I've hunt.
1: Did you uh, want another one of them? Oh yeah. Oh Holy shit. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready.
2: We're we're tuned up now. We're ready to oh go.
0: Yeah. 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 My beer fridge right now is mostly full of bacon and sandwich meat and yeah. brats.
1: My garage fridge is <laughs> packed full of lunch meat and brats and everything to go <laughs> moose hunting. Can't fucking yep. wait. One of these years, we'll, we'll have a refrigerator at Moose Camp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could build a like a cellar
1: yeah, out there. A little root cellar. Dig down to the cold. But uh, anyway. Yep. Um, Back to sheep hunting. Back to sheep hunting. Yeah, we Back were. Back to sheep walking. Sheep sunset, walking. Sunset
0: pictures. <laughs> I got my REI membership <laughs> set yeah, up. We're exactly. recreational hikers now. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it took us. Yeah, till the afternoon we took till the afternoon to get up we don't usually don't get cranking super early but no we got way up up on top and found a good spot to camp set set up camp and then it was in a good spot to where without I mean within a mile we could check different drainages and we just kind of did a, a quick round that evening and didn't see shit and went back. And the next morning, we were going to do, like, a little bit more thorough.
1: Yeah, where we could see one particular valley well.
0: And, uh, I mean, basically, as soon as we got up, all the way up in there, saw those ewes, four Four ewes ewes. first. And then three rams were bedded right underneath us. And uh, one of them was a pretty good, you know... I keep going back to this in hindsight. He did, you know, the first look at him, it's not like, oh, wow. Exactly. You
1: know, I didn't and get the oh, wow factor. I didn't Of course, either. I've been staring at a picture since February. This <laughs> fucking cranker ram that basically points back down at the ground. And I looked at him, and I was like, well, fuck that sheep. That's yeah. not what I'm here for. Immediately, my mind. I didn't say yeah. it out loud, but I was just like, and the way we hunt, too, is whoever spots it, gets you know first right of refusal on the on the sheep, so Tyler spotted it, but I said to myself immediately like that's not that's not what I'm here for,
0: yeah, so,
1: so we wa-
0: you know got looked at him real well, and well once them, you see
1: started seven sheep, you're like, okay, well, now we got something, where are all the other ones? yeah, oh, yeah. so we're both like, all right, now we're in <clears throat> sheep country, we'll just watch like through some feeding cycles here. And we'll see where all the other sheep are. Yeah. You know, we'll and start we, seeing more we, and more yeah, and more. we
0: slowly moved. We kept moving around the head wall. We were kind of right above the head wall of this valley where it's, I mean, it's fucking steep. And it's like huge. scary steep down all the way around the top of this basin. But we're on the ridge on the backside of it. And we just slowly worked. We worked our way around till we ran. There was some caribou that were like bedded down like a few hundred yards away up where we needed to go so we stopped. We didn't we want didn't... to spook them off yeah. so we just waited and a lot of times you sit there and you look at a valley there's all these little folds and nooks and crannies and shit will pop out you know that you didn't even know was there
1: well when we first when all the sheep were spotted the four ewes were bedded and this was probably at like 10 o'clock in the morning yeah and all the rams were bedded so we were like well we'll keep moving and as we Started, like, poking around. I don't remember. I think the ewes were the first. They got up first. Mm-hmm. And they started kind of moving around. And they were, like, all the way down next to, like, the head of the creek where it starts to really split off up in the head of the valley.
0: From above, it looks like it's flat down there and they're just on this little knob. Which yeah. It's not flat. <laughs> not
1: flat at all. But they were, like, all the way at the head of the creek that comes out of this valley. And they got up first and started moving around. The rams were up a probably a couple hundred feet higher Mm -hmm. in the valley than the than the ewes were and it was a half an hour or something after those ewes got up and started moving around maybe around noon or one o'clock or something um that smallest rim got up and he was the first one he got up and he started moving around a Mm -hmm. little bit and then that other one got up and it just moved like 20 feet and bedded back down again but they all kind of started slowly moving around. And that's when we were like, that's when we got pinned down. Well, not necessarily pinned down, but we didn't want to spook those caribou because they could have either gone down in the valley where the sheep were or down in this other valley that we couldn't see into yet. And we were like, fuck, if those caribou all go, but it ended up being like 11 caribou or something like that. We were like, if they all go blowing down into that valley... And if there's sheep, is if in sheep there. down there, they could be spooked or whatever, and we didn't want to do that. So, they slowly started moving around. The sheep did in that valley, and we didn't end up going over there and getting up on top of that other high point. Yeah, that, that after, day, the caribou after the left, caribou yeah. got up and left.
0: But uh, no, I and mean, we, I mean, we got great looks at the sheep, and it's they don't they don't look as big when you're looking when you're straight down looking down at them because we're. At one point, we were like 550 yards just straight, straight above him. Above them. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, I think, you're like, the doctor thinks. I said. Eight years old and 36 or 37. I said he's seven
1: or eight, yeah. and he's about 37, maybe a little more than 37 inches. And he's probably an inch and a half past full curl. And I was like, before you say anything, I know you got first choice or whatever, but I was like. My knee-jerk reaction from first seeing him all the way until now, and I got behind the glass, you know, not just my binos, but behind the spotting scope, Mm -hmm. and looked him over really well. And I was like, for me, if I had spotted that sheep first, I would be like, you can shoot it if you want to, but I'm not going to. That's not not what I came here for. And it's like constantly (coughs) playing in my head. All the old timers always like, "Ah, if you wanna shoot a nice ram, you guys gotta stop shooting these eight year nine year old rams that are just past full curl. you know, you're never gonna shoot a big one if you shoot the first legal ram, you see, and I went into this hunt. I told myself before we started, don't just shoot a legal ram. If you wanna shoot a nice ram, you gotta be willing to not have sheep meat in your freezer. So and I, we had that and,
0: conversation a couple days before, too, it,
1: yeah, and I was just like, I'm not I'm not going to do it. And the more I keep looking at the pictures of that sheep, I don't even think he was eight. I think no, he was a I, seven-year-old That's
0: because I was pretty sure he was eight at the time, but I think you're right. I think he was seven with really good growth.
1: Yeah. And I think in a couple of years, like two he's or three years, if he lives and stud, makes it, holy yeah. shit, that sheep will be unreal. But, like, he's, he's I could got, put in for that tag from now until the end of time and probably never, never draw it again. It. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> well,
1: he's in the, like, the tricky thing was he's
0: got a lot of the characteristics of a big ram. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. deep. He was, de- you know, you, you watch him long enough, you get the right angle. He's below his jawline. Yeah. He comes far back. He's he's real heavy on his back. At at half curl, he's real heavy still. Yeah. But he just didn't finish out to where, you know, he was going to be any more than 30, 36 or 37 yeah. You know, which normally is a good ram, and and that that was the thing too. Is the more I look at the pictures, I'm like, I think he was just seven with exce- right, like exceptional just growth. Good, yeah, because his his last growth <clears throat> ring that you can see by that like four in the crown rule. And I actually sent the picture to Clay Lancaster, mm-hmm. and that's what he thought is that it just has really good growth. Really, because
1: he did did he think, call he, it seven? He, yeah, he didn't yeah. think
0: that 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 first growth ring was far enough back to count. Okay. you four right in on. the crown, so it would yeah. be... This, just, guy's just like, a, this, I, I, this guy's
1: I, like a, um, the fucking guru, Canadian outfitter, and he's like, he can look at sheep and know, be like, to the fucking half inch, how long they're going to be, how old they are, whether it's a legal ram or not, like, <clears throat> instantly. Like, so, looked at thousands and th- t- probably tens and thousands of sheep. So I uh,
0: So I'm holding this sheep here this 10 year old from a couple years ago so basically what you do is you draw a line from their nose through the back of their eye you know along the base of the horn that's like this and then you draw a line from the back of the eye perpendicular to that first line that comes up about three inches you know about three inches from the base of the horn and anything above this this parallel line
1: you count. So if you're they, like creating a quarter oh yeah, of a circle like wedge. I see. If that. you can yeah. if
0: you can count four rings between basically here and here, they're always going to be eight. If you can count five, they're going to be for sure at, at least nine or ten or eleven or you know but And
1: after eight after one, like especially like after one, nine, two. in my in my eyes, it starts changing a lot because yeah. you can end up with like two, three – like I, that 12-year-old yeah. that I shot had like almost f- – it was like four years of growth right there. buried under their hair. Like you can't even see it yeah. when you're looking at them unless you like move the hair away. So it's basically – Because the, year, the growth of the years is only like some of the rings towards the back of the back of the horn is like only a quarter of an inch or a little, like three-sixteenths of an inch per year.
0: Yeah.
2: So yeah, it's like- I understand what you're talking about now with that – you know quarter of the pie thing and obviously as the horn grows out further and further those close together ones the more they're in that quarter of a pie
0: yep exactly the older it has to be whatever in whatever formula that makes perfect the way he figured it out is and like this one's kind of on the edge but it's you know it's critical that it's pointing up this back kind of hooks up so you would count this one and so basically from there to there, if you can have four, if you can clearly count four rings in that, they're always going to be eight. And if you can count five, they're going to be old. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this one's one, two, three, that four, got five. got five
1: in there, yeah. Whereas
0: that, you know, that Ram is a seven-year-old, and he's clearly only got three.
1: Yeah. And But that much, Ram is like, shit, almost two inch and a half, two inches beyond full curl Yeah. At a, as a seven-year-old.
2: And yeah. really skinny horns, too. Yeah. I mean, no, you don't r- know how to rub
0: it in. But yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. This is like a really compact genetic of sheep. So this sheep is seven. At 10, he wouldn't have broomed like this one, but he's got the same genetics as this ram does, where it's like really a compact, smaller. I mean, that's a 10-year-old. That was a 10-year-old, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But he's broomed off at you know at two years old, like heavily broomed. And this sheep, in three years, would have been like this. He would have been like this far beyond full curl. He would have come through and be like pointing like that backwards almost.
2: Oh, simply because of the way the horn is growing. Yeah.
1: Right, exactly. Just because of that genetic of that specific specific sheep. And
0: like even in that Mount Harper area... Like one of the little rams, it was two dinker rams that were with like three, four year olds, right.
1: and the the smaller, the younger of the three was
0: already three quarter curl. Yeah, and like was was a really there is a really tight genetic
1: in there, like super in there. twisty. Yeah.
2: Um. Well, for anybody who's listening to this, I mean, I the last three days I've been surrounded by well, there's like ten or eleven or something of sheep mounted sheep and horns around me right now and and where i'm sleeping is uh another 10 or 12 you know so so i'm getting pretty good at you know counting how old they are and all this other stuff i'm not walking 70 miles i mean i won't walk 70 feet if i don't have to so 70 miles (laughs) is out of the question you know i um yeah, I'm a setter. I like to go. I like to march into where I'm going to hunt and and sit down someplace or or climb up in a tree or and because I'm 76 now, I like to get into this little square box house that I built that's 22 feet in the air and turn get it in there and turn a heater on and and sit back and the my the hardest part of it is. Staying, staying awake, awake. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: But I managed to kill a few deer, so what the hell, yep. you know? Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, so I'm so, doing. I'm doing this battle in my head. I'm like, yeah, you know. Oh yeah, Tyler was having trouble. I was like, well, this,
1: keep in mind, this was day seven or day eight that we first At, found any sheep. Well, it was day seven before we found them. It was day eight. The next day, because we spent the whole next day up there, too, because we were convinced, like, be more we are going to, oh, no, we went up the no. first night, and then we went up that day the next whole spent day, that whole,
0: whole day up there. And then the next, or that night, whatever, the next day, it's like, all that, right, the what do we do? Was and made. I'm like, because I wanted to kill that sheep pretty bad. And I'm like, play you know, you're playing the game like, all right, it's been a week since we've even, like, first sheep we've even seen. Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to you know trying to play the odds like all right what's the odds of freaking but this is an area that that's like people are, I hunted and hunted and hunted and hunted and finally I heard stories about the people last going ridge, in there and you know? never
1: seeing a sheep the entire time they're in there hunting <coughs> not a single sheep yeah. at all oh that would be hard
0: well yeah, yeah but you but mean, then you know, guys will get you know the one you know the one group of rams I saw in the last well day those guys was you talked to ram, was like
1: yeah. oh shit we saw one sheep and it was a forty inch ram. And we shot it. Good. Done. See you later. Really? Yeah. One sheep the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Killed so,
0: it. So, anyway. Um, so, in
1: the back of my mind all the time, like, any fucking corner, any yeah. valley, any crease could be there's a Monster bomber ram right in right there, right you right. know? Yep. It didn't hurt that the next day when we went up there, we had decided that night, like, we're going to move around the other side of Harper, on the south side of Harper, and see what's on the south side. And we got up there, and we're like, we're at least going to keep tabs on these sheep and see mm-hmm. if they're still in here and see where they're at. Have they moved? And I'm looking, like, five miles away, across one valley, across another valley, all the way out this ridge line. And I'm like, I I'd scanned this area 25. 25- no, this was a couple days later. We were no, nah, I we had already come all the way around. Oh, we had seen those. that yep. wasn't from the that head. That was of when we were up in well, there.
0: It was from the other side of that basin after we'd circled all the way around the backside. Oh, of
1: the okay. Cut Co- well, pause ahead a couple of days. myself. Yeah, I thought anyway, it was from over on this on that side. That would we seen them.
0: No, but we were like, uh, you know, decided. All right, fuck it. Or no, not shooting him. We'll go look for something else because it was like, it's, you know, his hunt too. And once you shoot one, you got to start making moves that time of year. And we didn't even know where we were getting picked up. We didn't even know where we were going to get picked up at this point.
2: And, And you're already 25, 30 miles away from where you got dropped off. Oh,
1: at that point, we were like 25 miles walking to where we were.
0: And And, still, and
1: on top of that, another twenty miles of like running out this ridge and running out this ridge and like running around looking for sheep. Mm. So we were like, fucking a lot of long ways in at that point. I was like, and still a long
0: ways from anywhere you could potentially get picked up. Yeah. And so, hell day. Yeah, we were like, all right. Well, we'll go up this kind of knife back rock hopping side hill and deal to get to the other side to check because there's a bunch of good drainages on the other side of this mountain too
1: <coughs> excuse
0: me and uh yeah
1: so that's what we did Walk- we side hilled through rocks between the size of bowl of like bowling balls and the size of that desk all fucking day for like 10 straight hours side hilling through rocks Everything's loose and moving all the time, and it just fucking wrecks your feet.
0: <laughs> well, I got freaking i I caught a rock above the rand of my boot, that rubber protective layer, like right in my above my instep. Yeah, like fucking bruise, it freaking like hurt. That yeah, big. that night the bru- there was a bruise like about this I mean, twice the size of a silver dollar there. Right, like my whole instep of my foot. I think I would taken my boots off. I kind of forgot about it. And was like, whew, that's tender. That's going <laughs> to.
1: Yeah. But uh that shit, like, I can hike good uphill all day long. Like, I mean, once I've gone for a couple of days, I just go up and up and up and up and don't care. Down makes my knees hurt. And side-hilling just destroys you. It just sucks when it's steep and you're going through rocks and shit. It just wrecks your my feet. I don't know Why? It seems it changes so much. Like why fact, it fucking I don't know. hurts my feet so much. Like
0: my feet are still all jacked. Like
1: oh yeah, just skin like dead peeling skin everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. I, ironically, the only blisters that I got on this sheep hunt was because I taped my two big toes that get blisters, <laughs> and the fucking tape I didn't end of the tape in the right place, and it left a crease, and it rubbed on my second toe and gave me a fucking blister. <laughs> so I, in hindsight, I gave myself a blister. The fucking blister on my well, foot. Well, I
0: had started out with some, like, super feet or something, and soles in my boots, and the, fir- and the first day was, I mean, I'd been walking around a little bit around here, but the first day was pretty rugged, and I got some yeah. pretty good blisters, and then, I mean, just taped them up, kept them taped up, and yeah they they went away, but yeah, Oh pretty much side hilling all day, looking over
1: all new country and yeah, set. and of course we <laughs> go out on the south side of Harper, so then you're in the head of the Healy River, mm-hmm. and it's just like fuck it five, six more valleys that are just equally as good as the one we just came out of, and you just look and look and look, and like nothing, nothing, nothing. Not a damn animal. Caribou, caribou is yeah. away. A lot of caribou. We did see a lot of caribou. I mean, a couple hundred caribou mm-hmm. or more. Yeah. Any any good bulls or a couple? One yeah. really good
0: one. One real good one, and like maybe five to ten. Like a
1: couple of shooters, if they're standing on the side of the road. Yeah. But oh. not fucking nothing. Like <laughs> yeah. even that big one, we were too far away. I was yeah. There's no way. That's another thing too. Is you can't. We both brought a, a tag to shoot caribou if they're like on an airstrip when we get there, or if they're on an airstrip when we before we leave. You know, so you, not like we're gonna <coughs> go in anywhere. here and like if we see good caribou, we're gonna shoot them. You can't, or you ruin the sheep hunt. It's over. You're either sheep hunting or you're caribou hunting or yeah. you're, you know, you can't mix the two up because it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. But, um, then it was the next day that you saw those sheep cause we circled all the way around. we right, so were like the on the
1: east side at that point <coughs> yep. of Harper. And yeah, I just, we was like scanning, scanning, scanning and shit. I just like stopped and was scanned back and all of a sudden I was like, well, oh, fuck, there's four, five, six, seven, and just, like, watching them come over this edge, and it ended up being eight ewes and lambs. hmm And not a single ram. Nope. Not a single ram, but we were like, okay, well, there's sheep over there in that valley. So it's, like, another one of those things where it's like, all right, like, there's some sheep, you know? This is going to be, like, maybe we get over there, and we just saw a bunch of lambs maybe up in the head of that valley, there's a bunch of rams. And there's a, there's a lot of different little rough, rugged
0: bowls and shoots and country for them to hide in, you know. And I've been in touch with one guy, you know, like on the inReach, in touch with a guy that was hunting. His daughter had the tag. They were, they were hunting way up to the northeast and seeing sheep. So I'm like, well, I mean, eventually, you know, they move around so much in there, at least from what I've been told. You know, there's got to be some somewhere.
1: Yeah. Seems like all the sheep were in the north. Mm -hmm. North is part of the the unit. And like I said earlier, everybody that I talked to was like, you want to hunt around Harper. You want to hunt that Harper area. That's where the rams like it. That's where the, like, excuse me, the majority of the sheep typically hang out. But just not this year. You know, and Mm. it's like, fuck it. It sucks, you know. It's a turd sandwich to eat when you're out there, and you're just like, "Fuck, where's the sheep? What's going on?" We're just walking and walking and walking, and
0: especially when you got good weather too, and it's like we should be, yeah, seeing stuff. I mean, it definitely made mm-hmm. it made the the not the weather, but the like trip we went on last year looked like a walk in the park.
1: Yeah, we thought we got beat up last year, but holy shit, like. I can't wait to go back into that area now that I can, that I, now that I'm like, holy shit, we just made a serious haul. I mean.
2: It would have been nice if you could have gotten dropped off where you had initially yeah, land on. And, exactly. but And you probably could have covered more territory in
1: sheep. Well, we just would have gone in a different direction, too. We would have, like, gone to where we did see the sheep and be like, nah, and then gone. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have gone to towards where we came from. Which there was no sheep over there, regardless. Um, but well, now you know in hindsight that there wasn't
2: anything over there
1: because you were there, right? Exactly. But there just as easily could have been oh, hundreds of, them, of sheep yeah. through any of those valleys. To, you know when we got into sheep country, yeah. as there wasn't. Yeah, right. it's just
0: the way, just the way it ironed out. You know that just happens sometimes, but. Yeah, and we—I mean, we pretty much. I'm not gonna
1: just, say I fucking
0: like it. <laughs> no, I don't. Then that's and that's okay. Like it's it's always it's almost annoying. You know, you got to make the. Oh, success isn't always about killing stuff. Well, it kind of fucking is, and I can be a little uh, bitter about.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, I'm, I'm not blame.
0: I'm no. not but It's not like you blame. You have to blame anybody, but you don't have yeah. to like not killing something. I'm not a recreational hiker. I don't go hiking all over traipsing. Yeah. this shit just for the fun of it for the views yeah. it's like i'm there to kill something
1: yeah
0: um so whatever i mean like not not to say it was it wasn't a cool experience but it would have been a hell of a lot cooler
1: to be carrying rams out of there yeah yeah for sure yeah
0: but uh yeah just hunt continued hunting our way out of there till we were we figured we needed to make it back to the airstrip with at least like one day of food or yeah. where we thought we would be able to get paid. I'm using air quotes on airstrip.
1: Yeah. Um, the fucker was small. Short. Short. Ridge.
0: Just like a, oh, cool yeah. Cool spot, though. I can pick you up there. Yeah. And, you know, we, uh, we just, uh, we, at that point, we were so far, it would have taken us at least four whole days to walk back to where we got dropped, so... You know, we just hunted our way out to this other spot, and it ended up
1: working out. And the whole time, you just hope, as you just lose elevation, thousands of feet at a time.
2: And not just that, but what's the weather going to be when we finally get there? Yeah. And and you get there and say, oh, we're at the right place, and the pilot says, nah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. yeah, that's very true. Which is why we were like, yeah, we need to have at least a solid day's worth of food when we get to... Yeah.
1: And, uh...
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, we had to wait around for a day and a half before the yep. weather broke up enough because it did get a little. It didn't get. And too even bad when up. he
1: came to get us, he had to fucking circle around M- more after he dropped me at the other strip yeah. and came back for you. He had to f- fly around a lot because these little fucking rain squalls would come in.
0: And the rain was these squalls was like right. I was like right on the edge of it, even though it wasn't raining where I was at you would come around to approach and land on the end of this ridge, and as soon as he'd come around to turn on approach, that squall had hit him and, like, blank out of, you know, can't, can't see anything, see anything out of the, to
1: land. out of the windshield. Yeah, you don't, you, know, you don't,
2: if you don't have the visibility, you don't land. And
0: then know? after he landed, yeah. you know, after he was able to get in and land, it started raining again, and we had to wait, you know, for to take 20, off. 30 minutes to, yeah. to take off again, which, you know, you just got to play it safe, but. yeah. So yeah, that was pretty much that We've was seen a, gri- was a lot of nice, walking.
1: Gri- nice grizzly bear yeah, chasing nice. caribou. Chasing a whole herd of caribou. That was the same day that I seen them those eight ewes. Mm-hmm. It was right after that yep. or something. I was like, boy, look at those. All those caribou are running. running really <laughs> oddly. Like, I wonder what they're running from. You're like, well, there's a fucking grizzly bear chasing them. And I was like, what? Because I, I was looking at the yeah. caribou, and he's immediately looking behind him. So there I'd was like, a couple big, a nice like, little caribou in this group shit, down there. And look at that.
0: They, they all start running, and what are they running from? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh yeah, look at that. There is a bear. <laughs> Which it's funny we were talking about how grizzly bears, especially. Unless I'm hunting them, I pretty much don't want to see them. <laughs> yeah, right? that was
1: exactly it. We were like, God damn it. Because, of course, then he leaves the caribou alone and starts walking like straight towards us. Coming along, coming along. I'm like, we're going to have to deal with this fucking bear all day now. God damn it. He just didn't even give a fuck. Straight into the wind. Fucking headed. He didn't know we were there, and he didn't want nothing to do with us either. Yeah. Or she, whatever. It, it seemed like a, it was either a small boar or a sow, but... It was a pretty bear. It wasn't overly huge or anything. On the way back, I saw a huge fucking big old bear, big nice. old grizzly bear. Yeah, big, big fucking blocky headed. Definitely a big boy. Man, yeah, really nice, nice bear. Um, another thing, I was glad we got picked up where we were at
0: because it was a freaking it was drop down, 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 and then straight up like another. Fifteen hundred feet. Where we got picked
1: up? What did I? I figured it out. We went. We lost fifteen hundred feet in a mile in an eighth or something like that, and then we gained fifteen hundred feet in like (laughs) three (laughs) hundred yards. That's that's fucked up. That's (laughs) steep. It's like we're go down like this, (laughs) then we go (laughs) straight up. Yeah. Yeah. This
2: is a young man sport. And yeah. there
1: was no water up there. Yeah. And we, we we're actually when he was like, "Okay, I think it's broken. I can pro- I think I can like at least get over there. How is it there?" And I was like, "It's pretty good right now. It's been slowly improving all day long." He's like, "Okay, I'm going to try and do it. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and get out there and get you guys." We were both had our backpacks on, and I was like, "One more time I'll check my NRH before we go cuz we were about to First go up and check a saddle, which I was- For water, yeah. For water. I was like, I don't know if we're going to find it up there. But we knew that we lose 1,500 feet. We go down there, we can get water. But it was like, if we have to stay another dinner tonight, like water today, dinner tonight, breakfast tomorrow morning, and drinking water, we need to go. We need to drop down and go get water. So we were on it. We were like ready to do it. And sure as shit, he sent me a text and said, "I'm gonna try and do it. I'm gonna try and come grab you guys." What? And then, and
0: then that squall moved in, right? And we set up the tarp and caught like,
1: yeah, gallons of water, gallons of water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As soon as I'm like, yeah, it's really nice. Ten minutes went by and it started pouring rain. I was like, the fuck. This stuff just like appears and just and it lingers too. It just like gets hung up in weird spots and it just stays there yeah that's the mountains that's the way it is oh for sure but I knew it was going to take him almost two hours to get to us and yeah every day it had been trending yeah Yeah, that it was like the later in the day you got you know by 7 at night it was it's typically dead calm almost every night There's a couple of nights that it blew all night, blew like 15, 20, but not like hard. Um, But most nights around seven, it just like dead calm, which is awesome. Really nice. And holy shit, the whole time we're walking and the whole time we're hunting, all we talked about was, oh, this is fucking so far. This sucks. But we're about to go to Moose Camp, and yep. have second breakfast, <laughs> and be fucking not carrying shit anywhere. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, I am excited. It's gonna be fun. So last weekend, we took my wife and Carrie. Yep, and went up and cut a new section of trail. Yep, that's a lot work. more. That's a lot more direct. Yeah, and better than the old, better than the old way.
1: Yep. No nope, good, good time got the tower
0: Everybody? got the tower set up, which you've got the seat and stuff and the
1: it's all out there, uh, yeah, oh, it's all great. yep, we brought it out, and it's all sitting in in totes um yeah, it'll be awesome, so you're looking for an Alaska moose, but you've already shot moose yeah in Vermont,, mm-hmm. yeah. which so, is one of those things that's. For people here, it's like, oh, moose. Is, you know, seems like everybody that's a resident can get a tag. Anybody that's a non-resident can get a tag easy and go on their own and moose hunt. But to get those tags in Vermont is a not oh, an a, easy yeah, deal. Lot, it's a lottery thing. Yeah, but but you've shot a Canadian moose in Vermont.
2: Well, yeah. It was a. What do you mean? It was a Vermont
1: moose. It was not a Canadian. Yeah, but they are Canadian moose. <laughs> moose. That's what they're called. Yeah, I know, but. You know, we call them Vermont moose. It's American yeah. moose. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> They're That's migrators, but they were in America. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> and you know, for years we didn't. We, there was you didn't see any, and then all of a sudden we started seeing some, and then next thing you know we were seeing a lot of
1: them. And I be- just looked it up this morning. Yeah. Um, Vermont started their lottery. The first moose hunt that they had was in 1993. Hmm. And it was like eleven hundred, I think, permits permits that they put out, and out of the eleven hundred, like seven, seven hundred, yes, like seven hundred people shot moose. Yeah, yeah.
2: Depending on the zone, there would be you know cow or or bull, and some some zones was it was a moose you could shoot it. Yeah, didn't matter. You know, people were shooting calves and everything. You know, it was ridiculous.
1: Hmm.
2: It was just a bizarre thing, you know, and it, it wasn't. I don't think it was well thought out, but you know there was a lot of people getting killed on the highway. You know, the and right across the river hitting and, moose. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Where um, uh, New Hampshire, you go over there, and they had signs posted up and told the number of people that were killed by running into moose and stuff. And and you know, oh, you know, break for moose or you know for all these people that are getting killed. And in our local town and stuff, I know people that hit moose and got killed. You know, yeah. it was it was it was a lot of them. And it would be really nothing where we lived to um, look out the kitchen window and say, "Oh, look there! Look, look out here! There's there's a nice moose right there." And we do um, maple um, sugaring, and we have these lines that we, when we tap the trees and stuff, and the last thing you want to see is a moose going through because they have no boundaries. I mean, they they just march right through your lines and they stretch them out and pop them down and knock them down. Even the main lines, they're they're awful.
1: They in five minutes create days of work yeah. for somebody that sugar, you yeah. know, somebody that's got a maple yeah. orchard. Yeah, yeah,
2: but. You know, the, you know. The, oh well, they're knocking your lines out. You can shoot them or whatever. You know, I'm not gonna do that. But you know, it just it's just one of those things. It was neat. You you could see them a lot. So anyway, um, one of my good friends, the first year, he he got a tag, and you know, it was a lottery thing, and you pay ten bucks or something. It wasn't very much money either. And the next thing you know, um, he he got a really nice a huge bull. And um uh the next thing you know, we're putting in, putting in and I would put in for Frank and Jack and me and my dad and <clears throat> um and anybody I could think of, you know, I put the ten bucks in hoping that somebody would get a tag. Well we we didn't. And it was a few years. It was two or three years and but it was just ten bucks, it wasn't bad.
1: Mm-hmm. It had to be more. It was. It had to be in the like two thousand when you drew, or ninety nine, well, or something. Pete, Pete well, was, Pete's first, was in ninety right. three. No 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 no, 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 no. We were we were into it I for three or already. four years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. And was into it. We were into it for three or four years before Pete, my friend Pete, um, he got. He he got a tag, and he put me down as we. When you get a tag, you, you have to have three people. You have to have the hunter, and then you have a second hunter, and then you have to have what they call the guide, which is just another person that was involved. You don't technically like hire yeah. anybody yeah. or anything like that. No, but. no, because that's illegal in Vermont anyway. But anyway, we had. Um, uh, it was the zone wasn't near where we lived. It was it was further south. And um, and so he would go down on the weekends and stuff, and go to farmers and stuff, and get permission to hunt here and hunt there, and, and most of the people that had um, like where they were raising uh, wood. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like no no different than somebody who who raises corn or raises uh, hayfields or whatever. I mean, you log off something and then, you know, you're, in in essence, you're raising wood. And and there was some of these people that had had places logged off, which is moose. Sponsored by
1: Viagra. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Moose love those places as soon as there's new growth coming in. But the trouble is, is they eat high up on the on the trees that are and so it slows the growth down of and so these guys were oh yeah you you want come here you can hunt anywhere you want you know and um so anyway we 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 wound up going down there and the opening day we went out and we called and and the season there was is right in the middle of um, the breeding season, right in the very so beginning. October 1 to mm. 6, it's like a short week yeah. is yeah. when yeah. they let people hunt. Well, it was only three days in the beginning. Oh, yeah, it was? Yeah, three days. Oh, That's no shit. Oh, yeah. So the first day, we we went out and we called. We used a coffee can and a string, and we you went, know, oh, And we were used to it because out of our camp where we white-tailed deer hunt, we would go out and we'd, you know, we'd have... Way too many beers, and, and everybody wanted to try the moose call, you know. So, so you go out to take a piss off the porch, you know, and oh, you grab the you grab the coffee can on the thing, you know. You've used one of them? Mm-mm. Oh, it so works, a, slicker than it's not. I'm like telling you. A metal
1: coffee can, and you take a like a tab uh, to a can, yeah, and you drill a hole in the bottom, and you put a piece of I always always used chalk line string. Yeah. You, you can, put you, it through like this. Put, long. Butcher twine is the Your best. Butcher twine, yeah. yeah. And you, you wax put it. Put it through the hole. Well, I just we just wetted it. Oh, you can wet it, you too. You just wet the thing down and you grab the string and you pull on the string. <laughs> hmm. Oh, and it's good. <laughs> and of course, the can makes it like yeah. a little megaphone. And you
2: can direct it in directions, you know. Mm-hmm. So we'd be out there, you know, at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, shit faced. Pulling the string on this thing, oh, you go. Of course, we, during deer season, most of the time we had snow on the ground. So you go outside and you look. Holy shit! They, look at these tracks they right get off the You Get up to port. go hunting
1: the next morning, and there's fucking moose tracks like all around the cabin, <laughs> no, <laughs> right, right, up right, the cabin. right up to the cabin, the fucking place. Oh yeah, like, they come shit, right up. They came in here last night. Yeah.
2: So we know the can worked. So. So we, we were in this, um, near the state forest that we were hunting, and um, Groton State Forest, it is actually, and it was, there was some property right next to it that was this farm, and then right next to that was this huge, like 800 acres or something, this, this uh, guy had, was harvesting lumber from, in sections and stuff like they do in Maine. Anyway. We went down there, we, and we called in this one particular place, and, and nothing happened, and we didn't see anything. We spent all day trudging around, and we didn't see anything. And there was quite a few moose in the area. We could see lots of tracks, and there was wallers and all this, you know, the things that you look for when mm-hmm. you're looking for a moose. And so finally, what happened was that we went the next day, and we had decided to go to the small farm, and I remember when we went down to check it out in the first place. That there was a kid, and he was probably I don't know, maybe fifteen years old or something. And he, and he, uh, Pete was talking to the owner of the property, and this kid comes up to me and he says to me, um, "Are you going to come here to to shoot shoot moose?" And I said, "Boy, well, I sure hope so. We're hoping for it." He said, "Well, I've been hunting." He "He was he was hunting white tailed deer on well, it's during the bow season." And he said, w- will you do me a favor, mister? I said, sure. What do we want, kid? And he goes, he says, will you shoot that goddamn moose that comes and screws up my goddamn deer hunting? <laughs> I said, I don't know you are, kid, but you're on your way to, you know, being a good <laughs> good guy. <laughs> and uh, I said, yes, sir, I will do that for you. I will I will come and shoot this thing. So, Anyway, we get there in the morning, it's dark and we march into where we thought we were gonna call these moose and stuff and <clears throat> we got separated a little bit and it was it was me and um and Pete and and Eric and it was it was Pete's permit, so I said, oh, I'm not shooting them I'm, I'm not gonna shoot the moose, I'll let Pete shoot the thing. I'm you know, if so I sat down, uh lean up against this maple tree, and Pete was, I don't know, thirty he he started out about 40 or 50 yards away and he kept working his way further away in this little valley, you know, not like your kind of valleys around here but in a little sag and he started calling you know, pulling on the can and so uh pretty soon i i i, I woke up <laughs> cuz I Probably fell asleep sitting against this tree. The sun was coming up. Oh, Probably was night. Nice. <laughs> 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 yeah, and and I heard something. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's a terrible thing when you're hunting and you actually, oh, you get a nice comfortable spot and you sit back and you and you kind of doze off and you hear something and you open your one eye and you look around to see if. Some guy standing there going, "You dumbass! You, know, <laughs> you're sitting here. You're <laughs> yeah. supposed to be on in your sound fucking asleep. animal standing there, twenty <laughs> feet away, looking at yeah, you. Exactly. You know, you see those calendar pictures where the guy's sitting there, you know, and the and the yeah. elk is walking behind him or some shit. I think that's on the cover of uh, a Thompson Center uh, 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 catalog or something. There's a great picture of a guy sitting there, and this is a big, great, big, huge." Um, uh, elk is walking right behind him. Anyway, I'm sitting there and I look and I thought, "Oh boy, it's a moose. It's not a guy." And I could see it coming through the uh, the open hardwood, and it was moving through. And I put my rifle up and I looked and I said, "And it was going right directly to Pete where he was calling." I said, "Well, he's going to shoot it." So I just kind of chilled out and and he kept going closer and closer to Pete. And I heard Pete call again. And he's, obviously, the moose was moving at a pretty good rate of speed. It wasn't like he was pussyfooting around or anything. He was headed for that call. And um, pretty soon, bang, I hear a shot. So I get up, and I'm doing the jig. And I'm, oh, boy, we got a moose, we got a moose, you know. And my gun's leaning against the maple tree, you know. And, And pretty soon I hear Pete, shoot, shoot. And I said, "What? You know, I'm looking. I thought, what do you mean, shoot? What? One way to shoot now and shoot.' And pretty soon, I see this moose running through the woods, kind of quartering toward me at a really good rate of speed. So I picked up my rifle and I get it up, and I get myself lined up to. And I had my one eye in the scope. And the other eye, I'm looking to see, seeing this moose running through the open hardwood. And he's coming closer, but on a on a quartering angle toward me. And then he turned and he was going broadside through this shit. So I said, and he's running full speed. So I I picked out, there was a white birch. I can see it in my mind's eye. just as clear today as the day I pulled the trigger. And I could see this white, and I pulled, held the gun up, and I'm leaning against the tree, holding it nice and steady so it wasn't wiggling around, I wasn't jiggling, nothing. And and I said, as soon as I see black, I'm pulling the trigger. And I did. Pow! As soon as he came behind that, maple tree, uh, that white birch tree, as soon as I saw black, I shot. And I don't know if you ever cut any trees down, but when you cut a tree down in the, in the forest, and... It's a good-sized tree, not not some three-inch diameter thing, but, a, you know, a, a two-foot diameter maple tree or something. When it falls down, oh, there's a crash. When I pulled that trigger, the next thing I heard was, oh, and I see his foot sticking up, gone. I said, wow, wow, that was pretty cool. That yeah. that's son that's of a bitch fucking went right to the ground, man. And so here, and then I look over and I see Pete and his tongue's hanging out. And he's running like hell and Eric is right there with him. And it was kind of jiggling around a little bit, you know. We didn't know at the time. But uh, I thought Pete had hit it, shot it before I did, but and so it was still wiggling around a little bit. So I said, "Pa, put one in his neck there, you know, it'll finish him off. So Pete walked up to him and boom, and shot him, and and then he had to go off and get a tractor or something. So they left, they left me there to, to gut him out, and and by myself. I said, you know, this is obviously a few years ago, but um, I I took oh, I had a rope and I lifted his back leg, and it took all my strength to lift his just his back leg up so that I could get in to to to, to gut to gut him. But I, I, managed to get it up and tie it. I pulled a little bit and I get it up a little bit higher and I pull a little bit more on the rope and I finally got his leg up where I could gut him and I and I got him in and I and I. You could crawl inside of one of those things. I mean, there's a big cavity
1: in there where the heart and lungs and oh, stuff yeah. are. I mean, you fucking wait until yeah. you shoot one up here. It <laughs> yeah. weighs another six hundred pounds more than what you're used to seeing. Oh
2: yeah, <laughs> this this guy, I think, I think he dressed at eight hundred pounds or something. You know, so he's not not as big as the ones you got around here, but. But Not anyway, a slouch,
1: moose though either. Yeah, no, a nice. I mean, it yeah. was a nice fucking bull. Oh for yeah, sure. it was a
2: it was a bull moose, and I mean, I could see the horns when it was running through. I I knew it was. I think it, it was it like was a
1: good thing. fifty, fifty yeah. inches or something. Fifty something inches, I think.
2: Well, it was kind of narrow, so I don't think it was real wide. But it had a lot of points, and but it, it was a bull moose, you know. And it was, and I was excited about it, and I said, "Oh boy, this is pretty cool." And so, um make a long story short we cut it up you have to take in vermont you have to take the whole moose to a check-in station and then they weigh it and they age it and they do all this other whatever they do to it and um then you can take it home and and cut it up so we did and it was the first time i'd ever had moose meat and oh my god that is so good i said oh oh boy i'm gonna be putting in permits for now on i because this is good stuff but anyway, that that was that one, and then about maybe four or five years later, I'm putting in permits. To, but now the price has gone up in the permits. You know, it, it, for you to put in, it costs more and more and more to ads. But but anyway, I I, I kept putting in, and lo and behold, I got I got my tag got pulled, and, and I and I said I got a permit. So I contacted, of course, uh, Frank was up here, so and he's got moose all over the place, so it's not a big deal for him, but obviously for Jack. I, I called Jack, and I said, do you, you want to go moose hunting? And he said, there's a bear shit in the woods. Of course I want to go moose hunting, you know? So, and then we went on a, another moose hunt up in Vermont, and we managed to get another one. So, and that one, Jack got the show. That one was that one.
1: super cool, though, too, because it was like, A mile away from your house. Oh, yeah. Like right in your backyard, basically. Oh, yeah.
2: And it was three bulls, three bulls, that he had the option of one, two, three to shoot. And, of course, they were bedded. And so we, and we couldn't see them when we, when the first one jumped up. The first one had jumped up. We had seen it the day before. And it was a small bull with a fork. And and he was going to, he said, it didn't matter. We could shoot anything. So... Uh, he was going to shoot that, and then with that, the second one gets up, and it was bigger.
1: Oh man, Jed's got candy.
0: Oh man.
2: Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and so that one jumps up, and um, and so Jack swung the rifle. I could see because I was standing right next to him, and I had uh, I had my rifle, but I didn't have a scope. I just had open sights on it because it was a new rifle for me, and I wanted to just try it out. But anyway, that. And then this third one gets up, and that was a big. That was fifty inches. That's it, the one he shot. That, I that's think. the one yeah, he shot. Yeah, right yeah. yeah. that was and, what I was thinking
1: of. That yeah. one's fifty.
2: Right, and so he turned, turned right toward. He was looking because all three of them are standing there now, looking at us, and uh, and Jack shot that one, and and you know we followed it. There was a blood trail, and we followed it, and then he shot it again, and it was down, and but it was it was really. Um, it was, it's it's exciting, and and you do, you have no idea how big a moose is until you walk up to it and it's laying on the ground. Yeah. It's like walking up to a horse, you know, they're yeah. huge. It's a huge animal. Yeah. And I kept saying,
1: wow, this thing is huge. Oh, my God, it's big. I couldn't imagine fucking having to take them out whole. Oh, it's a pain in the ass. Oh, you got to have any That's out of our realm, yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> A lot of no a lot, dice.
2: A lot of places where it's real moosey, um, they use like skidders or a horse. You could you. A lot of guys yeah. made arrangements ahead of time, <laughs> especially if they were hunting some of the real uh, swampy areas and stuff. They made arrangements ahead of time with somebody with a horse or
1: or a skitter. like whichever. Clydesdales, like like logging horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. logging horses.
2: Yeah, and. Um, uh, and but you know, in, in this, when I shot mine, we had a, a one of the farmer came with the tractor right up to the thing, and it was a big tractor. And we rolled it into the I When
1: Jack shot his, he used Pete's tractor, right? We, or yeah. your tractor? No, one. we used Pete. Pete's tractor. Yeah.
2: And we drove we, we used a winch because it was kind of a little swampy where it was, you couldn't get in there. But we used the winch, we pulled the cable out, like a winch for pulling logs out. And we hooked on to it, and, and we were jiggling it so that we weren't breaking the antlers off or anything, you know. And and Pete would pull the winch away, and we would, you know, wiggle and jiggle it. So we'd get it over um, f- blowdowns and all that kind of crap. But anyway, we got it out, and we drug it out to the to the landing um, and and loaded it on a flatbed. And we have to take it to the check-in station where they, you know, they weigh it and age it and do all
1: that they do. It would be but impressive to bring moose out up here. just to weigh it. Just occasionally, you could, like, like I've seen one. pictures.
0: Some guys will get them, like at least back to camp and like yoke them on a gambrel and oh, and yeah, winch them up. It ain't happening where we're at. No, I can. Say, I know <laughs> that. No.
1: Yeah. It's hard enough just to get quarters and shit out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to use the new, the chain the new chainsaw though.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be slick. <laughs> oh, we can also. So, what the rifle that you used when when you were hunting with Pete was that the same rifle that's up here right now, or uh, a different thirty out six?
2: No, the one that I shot that moose with on Pete's
1: tag is the rifle that you have, which is what you're about to use again right. up here. Yeah, the so one, that thing's been around the horn. Like yeah. that thing shot brown bears. That's shot. Black-tailed deer, white-tailed deer, Canadian yeah. moose, Alaska moose, all sort of shit. Quite Winchester a, Model 70, 30 odds. Isn't that a pre sixty four? Pre yeah. sixty four, yeah.
2: And when I got it,
1: the guy who who owned it
2: had put it in the trunk of his car, and <clears throat> there must have been it must have been laying against the jack or something because the stock. <clears throat> Where where the butt plate is and up above the butt plate, it's all like gnarled up and stuff.
1: You it's know? not too bad. I mean, it's not that bad. I don't. No. Well, oh, sanded
2: and sanded and sanded. Oh, and, uh, okay. You know? And so, um, but it was the first. Uh, it was actually the second pre sixty four model seventy. I had the first one I had was a featherweight uh, two forty three, which I shot my first um, buck in Vermont with. Um, Um, and, but I, it's long since gone, but I have, um, I have two .30-6s, and Frank has the one, and the other one is the one Jack shot the, um, his Uh, moose with. Yep. But both of those rifles have
0: shot, oh, a lot of whitetails. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to bring the, this one's my...
1: Dad's. I'm gonna feel a little weird with my rifle. Yeah, your your like, carbon shit. barrel. Yeah, exactly. That Short mag. Around.
0: Yeah, this was my is my dad's. Uh, um, it's uh, it's this I took the pull the stock off. Of it. It's either it's marked either in 82 or 84. Um, Winchester Model 70 Featherweight and 270. Um, that's the push feed, which they've since gone back to the controlled feed action. But this one is pretty slick man it's a, it's a nice smooth action no oh, man i don't even know i don't think i shot a couple coyotes with it when i was a kid but i don't remember my dad ever shooting anything with it i just found it in his gun safe this year and was like yeah it'd be fun to go see if i can get that thing to shoot hell yeah and
2: uh oh they're accurate yeah <clears throat> no doubt about that i mean you yeah. can you can fill bullet holes
1: you winchester know. don't fuck around
0: yeah, not too bad. I was just
1: telling him about that Winchester that's killed everything. The, all that, the, the XPR, X, XPR one. XPR, yeah. yeah. Um, that thing kicks ass. Just I tried to go through the list, and I was like, I know I'm missing all sort of stuff. I was like, so many people have shot stuff with this thing. It's the things unreal.
0: Kill, or whatever recent article I was like, yeah, that <laughs> that thing's killed more sheep and caribou than climate change.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No shit. There. Yeah. Epic amount of. Yeah. Destruction from so many people too. And yep. like, hey, let me borrow that rifle. Well, let me borrow that rifle. Yep. No yep. problem. It's all ready to go. Here's the ammo. Yep. Just go shoot it, and then take it out and shoot animals with it. Yep.
2: And I have a 270, pre 64, and I've never shot a oh, damn thing with it. Nothing. Mm. It's just it's like hoodooed or something. It just hmm. I take that gun and I don't see anything. I take that old 30-06, boom, there they are. Hmm. And you never know where they're going to be.
1: No, ain't that the
2: truth. Yeah. Boy, whitetails are, that's the oddest thing. You'll be marching into where you think you're sneaking and to a place and you walk right by where they are. You know, when you're hunting in the snow, it's after you've been hunting in one place and then you're working your way back out again, you come back and say, shit, that son of a bitch walked right in my tracks here, you know. Mm-hmm. They're smart. They're really smart. And they're cagey. Yeah. yeah. But,
0: Fortunately, these moose shouldn't be that cagey. Oh, f- <laughs> well. <you know. laughs> no, well,
2: I'm- it don't matter how cagey they are. It's just I mean, how cagey you are, I guess. I
1: You know, Yeah, we'll get. This is gonna be fun. We're gonna have a good old time. I can't wait. I'm super excited. I can't wait to go. (laughs) It's gonna be freaking awesome.
0: Yep, everything's prepped, and like I said, I got a. Yesterday, picked up a Dewalt battery powered chainsaw. Already got her lubed up with vegetable oil, (laughs) so no more sawzall. No, out at camp this
2: year. Yeah. They
0: work. I think, and I think on it, like cutting up a moose. I think it'll make cleaner cuts than a sawzall. A lot of times on the ribs, you get it, those real jagged cuts. From yeah,
1: it rip your game bags open yeah. and shit. Yeah. No, it'll be so, awesome for sure. I I'm digging it. I think it's great. I need some more T-bones. Yeah,
0: <laughs> twenty six is what that bull of mine had. An inch cut them an inch and a half thick, oh, and boy. had twenty six T-bones or. Whatever Porter, has. I'm not a steak expert, but a there's th- a T and st- a backstrap th- and tenderloin a, on either a,
1: side. A, a through Z, <laughs> Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we'll do. I mean, how long we've been doing this now? Two hours. Right on. A little over. We can reconvene after Moosey's. Yeah. We'll do it before he takes yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. We can come we can. back over we'll here. Get the and recap. Do a recap of how we how we made out moose hunting and what happened. Yeah, it'll so, be great.
2: Yeah, we don't want any sob stories, you know. No sob stories, no, no, loud. No.
1: Oh, <laughs> we went out hunting and walked seventy miles. Yeah, <laughs> didn't see shit. Yeah,
2: that was around Costco picking up the groceries.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's gonna be a good time. I can't wait.
1: Yeah. Hell's yeah.
0: Good time of year. I wish this time of year lasted two months.
1: Yeah, or half the year i'd take half, half the, year. the year right now <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, it's like good temperature it's good i mean yeah. for the most part there's a lot of good weather this time of year in alaska mm-hmm. it's like I mean, it rains and shit and it's windy a little bit but fuck it's a nice time of the year unfortunately yep. in vermont it's
2: now it's when there's a gazillion tourists there for the foliage season oh. the end of september is it's just a mob scene. It's
1: yeah. a good time to come up here and go moose hunting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right.
0: <clears throat> nope, we got all our firewood cut.
1: Yeah, we're good, good to camp.
0: go. We got the tripod set, the tower set up.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, we're Show good to Show go.
0: up, pop up the tent, and
1: start hunting. Cool. I'm ready. And Sounds good.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll we'll leave you to it then. We'll check back in here after after moose season, and then hopefully check back in with a bunch of our buddies
1: and yeah, see what everybody's been doing. Yeah,
0: it's been uh, yeah. I I say it's busier than normal, but it's every year. It's, it's the same it's exactly shit. Exactly the same. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, yeah. And anyway, uh, we'll we'll catch you after moose season. If you enjoy Tundra Talk, appreciate it. If you. Leave a good review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on and uh, tune in next time. Thanks.